pet back out. Orange seats and shit. Take the scenic route. Another night on the road, pray to God I make it safe with these motherfucking bows Tricking on the bitch, nigga playing with your nose Man, I made it out smooth, not a stain on my clothes She was at an out call, hit the safe for a 40 Told her to take everything, but she can lead a nigga rolling Man, we live a wild life, I know niggas that don't fold I been rocking by myself, how you go say I owe you, why? back and this week we are the john brown gun club because everybody's shooting uh quentin how you doing today i'm great man <laughs> um yeah i guess uh to bring to bring this back uh the worst time in, in wrestling twitter history i guess uh i guess we're in shoot week we sure are um and we're joined this week by our longtime uh aew slash stardom it's funny that seems to be the main thing we talked to with you jml how you doing tonight jml I'm doing well. Um, it's a lot of a lot of things have gone on since the last time I talked to you guys. Like I think it was when I the last time I talked to you guys, uh, Vince was still in charge um, at WWE, and yes. and just a whole bunch of shit has gone down. Vince is gone. There's the IWGP Women's Championship, uh, and CM Punk and is shooting on people and all this other shit and. Eddie Kingston's punching people and shitting on Disco Inferno. <laughs> so, great yeah. Time. And we got uh, Thunder, Thunder Rosa as well. She didn't uh, want to do a job, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and she's sloppy and unprofessional, and whatever. God damn, uh, Thunder Rosa, TJPW, right? That's her uh, stopping grounds. Uh, I mean, she she in terms of like starting off in the business. Or... No, just in Japan. Oh, just in Japan. Well, she started in Stardom, and then she's now, you know, she now she is in GPW. Oh yeah. yes, Twisted Sisters. I remember them getting a Stardom run. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 
that was a uh, that was a long long time ago fucking crazy man you know you know it feels um, like such a long time ago is i remember when i was like first getting help like more more into stardom it's like doesn't chelsea diamond feel so long ago jml so oh. long ago like chelsea diamond feels like a whole different promotion to go and it pretty much is but it's like wow <laughs> yeah yeah like uh <laughs> there's a whole bunch of names in that era like it's just like like pe- like people talking about like they also did have a charm to them a lot of the foreigners did but yeah a lot of i, I see what the, you guys don't navigate in the waters but when i see with like Discords talking about Stardom and Joshi, whatever they they're horrified by the names that they see. I'm like, it wasn't that bad. Like it was, it, like the the promotion no, it really wasn't, wasn't that bad. It was, no, it was, it was a whole really, lot of fun. Yeah. It, it's it's better now. It, it, like I can see most people thinking it's better now if they want to say that. I'm like, yeah, like but you, these people weren't out there having like terrible matches. All, all of the matches were good. Yeah, yeah. Santana Garrett had like a long Wonder Stardom title reign, like. She wasn't bad. She wasn't bad. Yeah. Now Chelsea Green, yes, bad. yes, bad. She, like Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea Green will even say she was bad because she was yeah. that was like fresh off tough enough and shit. So like she'll 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 even say she was bad. But like Santana Garrett and then like the others that they bring it throughout the time, like no, they they weren't they weren't bad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's I haven't heard that name in a long time. Wow. <laughs> well, just thinking about that, I did want to. Uh, Talk about something the old stardom, old day stardom is um something I saw today uh on the friend of the podcast handwork uh Simon uh posting a review of I think no uh yeah Kari Hojo versus Shayna Baszler, I think it was. Um and uh review from like 2017. And I really like seeing Simon, who every, a lot of people, you know, agree with his opinions and a lot of people take what he has to say really seriously, how much he's enjoying Shayna from back then. Because at that time, I had Shayna top 50 wrestler in the world on my list. I just went to check it out. Um, and I was singing her praises here, seeing her locally and the stuff that she was doing in stardom. And like a lot of people were not into it and she was well, not well, getting well, the yeah, respect. People, people like were shitting on Shayna a lot back then. Like it was a very it was a very weird thing. But then, of course, you know how certain people do this. Like, you know, conveniently when Takashita is on excursion, or whatever, yeah. or or uh, when Mike Bailey leaves DDC and is primarily working US Indies, suddenly now they're some of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, when they've been the best wrestlers in the world for years at this point, yeah. yeah. And suddenly, when Shayna gets to WWE, now she's so much better, this and that. And I, like, well, she was a rookie, so I do think she got better just based off experience. But sure. it's like, like. The Shayna act was just as uh, just as good on the Indies. Yeah, it was actually it was Io Shirai, it was Shayna, it was 2017, and like I said, 2017. Look at my list. I had Shayna in the top 50, and yeah, at that time, people were just like, "Ah, oh, she doesn't work. She's this match, no good, no charisma, boring." Isn't that? And then seeing Simon not only praising but saying like, you know, she does stuff that tons of other people do. She does it better than them. Like different techniques that she's doing that like when she does it, it's just like so much more believable. So I'm just like, thank God, man. Like I love having, you know, Simon go back and watch some of this old stuff and just vindicate my takes from back then because of, uh, 
because of how much people just were not into it back then. It's 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 it was a neat one to see. And I just crossed my mind real quick because you guys talking about that that old era. You're even talking earlier era stardom yeah. um, where it was even worse, like 2014, 15 and shit um, where it was just bad by 2017. I mean. That's one thing, too. I mean, we'll talk about it when we talk about the show, but the amount of foreigners and outsiders that they use is way down. I mean, obviously, COVID is part of that, but also they don't need it. Yeah, but back they're, they're, then, that's the thing now. They, they actually just don't need it anymore at all. Yeah, but back then it was like they needed so many outsiders to fill out their roster to have it be decent. It was like flavor of the month. You basically have new guys coming in all the time to be the new kind of standouts for the filling out the wrestling side of things. Um, it's not that case anymore. But I had a, I had a plan here, and then we just completely devolved. Yo, AEW. Let's, yo, let's get back to AEW. <laughs> AEW, big news, the important stuff. I mean, really, the main thing I want to talk about, obviously, we both want to talk about John Moxley versus CM Punk. Um, I'm, I'm sure Jay, Jay saw it. Quentin, you saw it, right? Yeah, I saw the whole show. Yeah. Uh, match of the year, <laughs> angle of the century. What do you, what do you call this? Um, it's, it's just really good pro wrestling in the sense that like, so when the CM Punk injury first happened, like the, you know, obviously when you do an interim champ, you're thinking that the, I guess an injury that takes, requires some level of time, but they should be back relatively soon. So Punk has been gone for what? Two months? Three? When, did, when, did, um, when was double or nothing? I feel like we did this math. This is our G1 math. Is punk? How long has Punk been gone? We've done this before. Yeah. Um, his last so the, match before this was, was in uh, June. June. So yeah. that's where we're... So uh, almost three months. Almost almost three months. So that makes sense for interim level of title, like uh, interim level title uh, switch or transition. And they thought that Punk would be healthy. And I guess it turns out that they did that. It was going to be longer or he's going to like, but that's even saying this, I don't even know if that's true. Right. Like, I think that when you do something like this, it comes with the, okay, punk must be more hurt than we realized. And instead of just going around having Mox call himself the interim champ, when he's going out there doing champ, doing champ shit and putting, going out there and having all these matches, you're like not doing him the, the, the service of calling him an interim champ. When we don't know when this guy's going to be back. That's why you do the punk thing. At the same time, though, I can't put it past past them if this is even more of a work because they've like done this so masterfully and great so far. Um, <clears throat> as as we were getting more like closer and closer to dynamite, I was like, okay, I'm starting to lean more and more towards there's going to be a winner here instead of just going for there was going to be chaos and we'll see you guys at the pay per view. I started accepting, okay, there's going to be a winner of this match. And I think everyone would have expected it to just be Punk. So when Punk hits that kick and starts selling the leg, I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on a second. And it's just so well, and it's just so well done, so well executed. The way Mox is all over him, there's no like handshake, sign of respect shit afterwards. It's just, here's a winner. Mox won. Fuck off, CM Punk. Go deal with your foot. You carried away to the back, and we'll see. And we'll see Punk whenever the next time we see him is. But it's def- it's like definitive enough with their story as to where like Mox feels like he has a level of credibility, even if 
it came by way of Punk's injured foot. And it also leaves the door open for when Punk comes back that they have unfinished business. It's just like really, really, really fantastic down to the basics pro wrestling. And for some people, they're not going to call this a match or whatever. And I understand that. But this is about as well executed as pro wrestling gets. They were in there for five minutes and they told such a clear and concise story and such an effective story that yeah, I was literally like slack jaw, jaw dropped, didn't know what to fucking say when that bell when the bell rung and Mox was champ. Yeah. It was better than it was better than any other option, really. It was exactly what I wanted, but it still leaves a bunch of stuff open, like you said. Jay, what did you think? I echo everything that Quentin says. It fucking ruled. Um for a split second when they did the lockup, they did a really slow lockup, and I was like, oh no, they're going 60. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> but um for that whole thing to occur for the angle, um, it's just it was like Quinzen's master pro wrestling. Um I I'm still wondering what's gonna happen at all out. If they do a rematch, I mean, I know Dave Meltzer said that Punk and Mox is, they're going to have a rematch, but it's like, it's right around the corner. You could hold off on it. Um, I thought for the longest time, like, um, I was was just surprised that they did the match, but if he's injured, then, then this is brilliant. But um, I thought this would, this would be a really, like, really big buy. I was almost at Byrie, but it's buys. Um, I would do a really good number. I mean, did a great number doing over a million on TV, but I thought it would do a really good number on pay per view. Um, I'm just want to know what's going to happen next. But I'm, I'm, I agree. Like Mox was, if there was going to be a winner, especially it was in Ohio, um, quasi his hometown because he's from Cincinnati. So, um, and the, the just the electricity around it. Like, I know it's a cliche, but it was just like, you could feel the tension through the TV and it, it was just, it was so well done. And, and I think Mox going with Mox and just the badass aura that he has. And I think we've talked about it before, like Mox ever since he's left WWE, he's just created aura around himself. That it's just, um, that you haven't ever really felt in wrestling in a long time. And, and Mox, I think it's the, it's the best way to go forward with him as champ. And he, he did a great job during the pandemic lock and everything, holding everything down as champ. But I think this is the real run. And, um, even though punk is a soup is a megastar for, for AEW Mox is the clear guy. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. Like, like you said, him being two-time champion, but it feels completely different because it's completely different scenarios, completely different situations. Everything feels completely different. Like it's fucking wild. I mean, his first run, it was like Mox, the new Japan guy, Mox, the or G1, at least Mox, the the blood sport guy. And then this round, it's Mox, the Blackpool Combat Club, Mox, the GCW champion, you know, Mox, the Biff versus Mox bloodbath. So it's like, Totally different guy, even though it's the same. There's nothing really different about him, but just kind of what the output that you've been getting, all of that. The fact that, yeah, like two-time champion with a chip on his shoulder and something to prove, but totally different. First one, it's 
prove that I'm still, you know, a sick guy, prove that WWE didn't turn me into something else. And then now it's prove that I can continue to be the baddest motherfucker on the planet while not being, you know, out partying and not boozing and drinking and not, you know, doing the sober life, but still being a sick fucking freak who goes out there and kills it. Um, for me, getting into the match, you know what was the biggest tell? The biggest, I knew where the fuck this was going? CM Hart kisses the belt goodbye. When they're uh, handing over the titles, mm-hmm. Moxley stares daggers into Punk, doesn't even gesture towards the referee as the ref just takes the belt out of his hand. And Punk, the same move that Brett used to do, Brett, my original favorite from when I was a kid, would always kiss the belt goodbye, and you knew that that meant he was dropping the strap. It was just every fucking time he lo- he would lose the title. He did it. And Punk did it here. He kisses the belt. And I said, oh, my fucking God, I cannot believe he just did that. And he hands it over. And I was just like, OK, well, I guess Punk's losing here or something's going on. Um, and yeah, I still was questioning it, you know, as the match gets going. But then it was just like, yeah, I mean, he kissed the belt goodbye. That was pretty much it. I knew I knew it. I was just like this motherfucker. He's doing the old Bret Hart move. And, you know, it's just a little thing to, to pick up on and notice if you if you pay attention um, over the years. There's certain guys who who love to do that. And Bret was one of them. And uh, and he's and Punk picks it up from Bret. So, like, oh, shit. Um, either way. Yeah, I still I don't know where you go next. What you do at the pay-per-view. I think if you don't run this back. So I think that that's kind of the only option. Um, but like. What was the point in, I guess, the shock, right? Like, the shock of such a quick match and such a, like, resounding victory for Mox is the, is a way to grab attention for a map for something that seemed like a foregone conclusion, right? Instead of going for the, oh, this is so out of hand, we'll see you guys at the pay-per-view, da, 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 like, yeah. to go something for a little bit more of a statement, I could see coming back and, like, Punk and Mox can talk you into anything, and being able to talk talk us into into being interested in the pay per view match, I just think still though to come back with the with, with the foot story and yeah. run back that run back that match just from a kayfabe perspective of okay Punk's foot why would he be cleared or ready for a rematch in a week if his foot if his foot isn't ready and granted that's just basic pro wrestling shit and they could tell a whole story about that if they wanted to so i'm not counting i'm not counting that out i'm just wondering what the point would then be yeah i mean jay do you have anything to say go ahead uh yeah i i'm yeah i'm with quentin like i just to do that like in a week i don't know um i mean i'm trying to think like who would i don't even know who's in the top 10 rankings like if you Hang- don't go with punk, hangman, Hang- I mean, hangman is number one, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, and I don't, and that's the thing with hangman. It's like, is he like really deep, deep into this dark order thing where like the the members are like kind of dropping it? Like, I get the feeling like the members are just dropping out like flies, and he's going to be in the, the trios tournament. Like, I don't know. Um, and at the same time, it's like, even if it was hangman, the thing that would push like push me away from saying that is would you really want hangman losing to like another pay-per-view main event match in a row yeah like, yeah like no, right so i guess it would make sense for it to be punk but again and like i'll give them time to play it out because i i trust john moxley and cm punk with like literally anything in terms of getting someone interested in a wrestling match but 
this is a very dangerous game that they're playing right now. Can, I I know maybe it's not a popular thing, but uh, you know, obviously there's the MJF thing. He's returning. People say that's not happening. It's not the match, this and that, but I just feel mm. like, who knows? We can get there. We got the ladder match. We got the casino ladder match on the show. I, I do think that you know, and, and obviously we're not going to talk about the Rev Pro <laughs> anniversary shows, but coming out of those, I do think Osprey dropping the Rev Pro title, Osprey saying that he's focusing on, he's slowing down and he's focusing on Japan and America, like New Japan, America. I could see the Osprey, Osprey versus Mox. Mm. It's an easy loss because Osprey doesn't need to, doesn't need to show up in AEW anytime soon. He's planning on slowing down anyway, so he's probably not going to show up in AEW anytime soon. Um, and it's a rematch from a match that a lot of people were really into, uh, a lot of people probably a lot of people probably haven't even seen that match either. Sure. Too, like, I, still, have, I, I of, still haven't watched it. I yeah, like for yeah, like it was a like it's one of those like New Japan tour shows, and like they had good matches on these tours and these America these yeah. America shows, but like I bet a lot of people still haven't seen Moxley versus Osprey. <laughs> Right. So it's a fresh match that has some buzz for some people. It's a match that's an easy win for Mox. It's a dream match that I think people will buy pay-per-views to see. Not us, right? I'm not speaking to us, but, you know, there are people that will pay money to see, even if, you know, Osprey has now been proven to be a ratings ratings death and he's, you know, drops the number, obviously, on this episode of uh dynamite so anyone who you know needs proof it's right there in the numbers just just look at him osprey cannot draw and he does and he kills tv ratings but there are certain people that will buy a pay-per-view to see him wrestle mox again um so i mean honestly as stupid as it is it feels like a foregone conclusion that the elite be the united empire on wednesday he's already in america and it's like an easy main event match to just throw out there and it doesn't even have to be the main event because i could see them putting the trio's titles the finals of the trios is the main event. Yeah. Like, Depen- yeah. Uh, like, so we're, we're like, at this point, we're thinking that the elite, um, are going, are, are going to the finals. So I'm not sure who we think yeah. they'd be facing. Uh, it could be House of Black. It could be also be best friends. I think it's dark order. I, I, I think it's dark, dark order. order. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, so who's, who's, is silver is it Reynolds too? And then the yeah, and Preston. Mr. Yeah, then Preston is out now. So it's, so it's probably so it's probably going to be Hangman. Um, oh, Preston is out. Yeah, like now they had it as a question mark. Um, oh, when, there uh, must be something that happens on Rampage. On 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 oh yeah on Dynamite on Dynamite they had Preston as a as a question mark. Gotcha. Okay, so then it's yeah, it's going to be Page. And then yeah, so it's going to be the Elite and the Dark Order. For the and it's gonna yeah it's gonna be Paige and Kenny, you know it's the it's the I mean that's I could see that being the main event, you know, um, it's funny because <laughs> I've harped on it for a long time now like oh the the tag team titles the tag teams could be the main event we're gonna get the trios in the main event before the tag team titles but we'll yeah. see we'll see like, I mean like if they would have done Swerve in Our Glory or FTR maybe but they instead went with like the acclaimed so yeah, yeah. which I mean is gonna be good yeah um, i really don't get what the ftr thing is right now like are they just supposed to be like collecting belts and then like like what like what's like what's going on right now <laughs> i i honestly and i know that like 
this is probably not loved by a lot of people as well, but them teasing a pinnacle reunite and you know, the FTR and, and uh, Wardlow where they're at with the championships and however they are, it just screams to me that it's gotta be babyface MJF coming back to join them. There's no well, other know. reason no, why they not would be doing that. No, not with Wardlow. It just can't happen. I I know it seems it, insane, it, it, but why it, the it, fuck else are they doing it, this? That's some WWE ass shit. It can't happen. It okay, can't but why happen. are they doing the pinnacle? Why are they doing this pinnacle thing? Just like you said, it makes the no war, sense. The, that FTR... the Wardlow and FTR have no reason to have an issue with each other. The, the, the sure, FTR, but... I, I'm saying FTR had like literally nothing to do with the Wardlow MJF story. They were largely just not involved in that at all. So, so I mean, so what is this just because they wanted to get Motor City Machine Guns versus FTR? Like, I don't understand why they put this together this way. I it was not my, necessary. I get it. I'm just saying that like this, it just wouldn't that would be doing some complete WWE shit. And it just n- nah. I, I whatever MJF comes back as is definitely not just gonna be if he comes back as a face, it's not gonna just be him and Warlow water un- under the bridge, pal. Kind of, kind of like, re- kind of like reunite. Well, sure, sure. It could definitely there could be some uneasiness there. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't just, have to be. Uh, yeah, that they're right. best like, buddies. No, nah, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so though. But I just clearly they're they're one of the most overacts on the show. And I, I what is Tony waiting on? I don't, I don't really get it. <laughs> I mean. Swerve and our glory are that's a good spot for them, and he needs to keep those two like focused on. Right? Yeah. And they've got a babyface champion, so it's kind of tough because if you split them up, if you split them up, Swerve and Keith would be great challengers for the title, but not against a babyface, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like this is a good way to keep them over, keep them pushed, and kind of do that. And you can say FTR has plenty of championships. They don't need the AEW titles, but it does hurt the AEW titles to be like, it's on, you know, a good wrestling tag team, but that feel like B level stars. Yeah, but not, and, and even just in the kayfabe sense, the AEW tag team champions and then FTR is walk, walking around with three title belts. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's another part of it. There's way too many fucking titles on this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. And they're adding more, they're adding the trios belts. Okay. So, Gun to your head, like what do you what do you guys think is the match for all out? Like, do you guys think that just that they're gonna just run back Mox versus Punk? So one thing in favor of Mox versus Punk, if I'm arguing for it, is that they're doing a thing on Rampage where they're apparently showing exclusive footage of CM Punk after the match. Okay. On Rampage. So I don't know if that means anything, but if you had to think of something as to point you, like put you in, put point you toward the the CM Punk rematch direction, they are doing that. So, gun to your head, what do you guys think is happening at with the belt at all out? Uh, when you put it that way, I guess they need you have to run the rematch with Punk and and Mox. I just I just don't like it, but um, because it just burns another match that another big match. Like I'm. As as good as this as this match was on Dynamite, I want I kind of want something more. I was kind of I don't want, I don't want to say I was let down because I do like the MMA like a like a like a real 
combat sports finish that we that wrestling still needs. You need stuff like that with with main event and world title matches. But um, I think for a rematch, you have to give a little bit more. I mean, it'd be it'd be wild to have that match be the main event match at All Out. It Punk gets basically dusted again, gets gets finished in like five minutes again. Um, and it, bur- it burned down Twitter. I'd be I'd be happy about it, laughing, but same time I I kind of want to see a longer match. But if he's not if he's not ready physically, then you have you have to do that. And I guess Tony's booked into a corner. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I wouldn't bring back MJF. I I don't. I guess you could do Osprey, but um, Mox beat Osprey. Like I. I don't know. I guess get in my head, punk, punk again, but um, I'm not confident about it. Yeah, I mean, if I'm doing, if you're doing gun to your head, right? I'm just trying to get out of here alive. I'm picking the rematch, obviously. But if I'm going with like my gut, I'm, I'm doing, I'm going the Osprey. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. I think you go with the Osprey. I think you have Ozzy open. Now you put Ozzy open probably on the buy-in in a tag team match against like basically any team, probably like. Do Roosh and Andrade versus fucking Ozzy Open or something on the buy-in, right? Um, FTR, just go yeah. nutty. Oh, I'm about to say yeah. FTR, but they're in the six-man. But I was going to yeah. say FTR, yeah, but they're in the six-man t- match already. Yeah. So I was trying to think, like, who else is a match to just go nutty with? Um, I don't know if the acclaimed even... Oh, yeah, they do. They're in the tag team title. Yeah, they- so, yeah. That- <laughs> See, so that's like- what I do. I-, I would just do that. Andrade. Or you could do, you know, Lucha Bros run this bullshit back again. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You could, you but, could uh, do, yeah. yeah, do Lucha Bros and Ozzy Open. Yeah. yeah, just as the tag team match. But either way, I think you do you do Osprey. You've got again, you've got Ozzy Open in the building. You have his heaters come out to the ring with him, and basically they're there to help him, you know, beat Mox for the title. Um, and you get the you know Blackpool Combat Club involved. You could even do Yuta and Claudio versus Ozzy Open on the pre-show or something, you know, to play into the heat between the groups and stuff. Um and then just have that go that way. Um, did you get away with <laughs> this? Isn't gonna happen, but could they get away with Mox not being on the show? They have Brian no. versus Jer- so they have Brian versus Jericho, which theoretically is a really big match, hasn't happened since NXT or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. could they get away with that and have Brian versus Jericho as the main event if they like well, no, heated I, up, if they heated up okay. Brian versus Jericho enough the next week? No, I already was going to say that when when Jay was talking like the 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 thing about the Mox match is it doesn't have to be a main event because I'm already like yeah, talking myself right. into the trios titles are the main event. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so pretty much your point is Mox Mox is going to be on the show, but like it doesn't yeah. mean Mox has to close the show type of thing. No. He doesn't have to have a main event champion match. I mean, obviously it could be for the championship, but he can have a, you know, a B level match because the main event is and I mean, you could see it on this episode of fucking Dynamite. <laughs> like I wanted to talk about the episode as a whole, like up and down the card, right? We open up the show with Garcia and Danielson, which is like speaking to a certain segment of the fan. I, uh, before we started, I'll say I popped into Jeff uh, Hawkins was doing a um, from Shake Them Ropes. He was doing like a Twitter space or whatever. And I popped in there and him and his like old school wrestling buddies who are all into like, you know, Mid-South and all this and Crockett Cup. We're like, yeah, the the Garcia and uh, Danielson match, that's my thing. And and Meltzer's going crazy for this trios match. It's the main event, but I'm like that. And yeah, like look at AEW. They got something for everybody. So you got Garcia and Danielson. You've got Danielson and Jericho. You've got, you know, the Gun Club and the Acclaimed, which is speaking to the Murder Brian creeps and sickos, the bad wrestling uh, (laughs) podcast guys. 
then obviously you've got women, you know, you've got Britt Baker who pisses off all of the women's wrestling fans, but then like for some reason the mainstream wrestling fans like her. And then you've got like Tony Storm, who I think that the hardcore wrestling fans like, and Jamie Hayter, who obviously the hardcore wrestling women's wrestling fans actually like. You got Moxley Punk, whatever the fuck it is, and you got Moxley, whatever that means. And then you got the main event with the flip did you, you know, trios match with all the high flying stuff that's for the Meltzer crowd and, and a lot of the mainstream fans. So you main event the show with another trios match just like this one with the elite versus the dark order. You're going to get an insane amount of spots. I'm sorry, but people can talk as much shit as they want about the dark order and the, you know, the beaver boys, but I saw the beaver boys in PWG and I'll tell you that Alex Reynolds might suck shit, but John silver is fucking awesome. And they can both do base and they can both hit some high spots and do some crazy stuff with high flying, flipping, flying, Young bucks yeah, and yeah, and, they, and, and, and if Hangman's there, then it's like okay, cool. Alex Reynolds yeah. can be dead weight, but like we're t- we're saying that it's a match with Hangman, John Silver, the Bucks, and Kenny Omega. Yeah, nine times out of ten, that's gonna be a really, really awesome match. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's gonna kill it. The crowd's gonna be fucking nuts. All of the rubes who love you know these trios matches are going to think that that's great. That's your big fireworks main event, and they're gonna go home happy. And Mox can have a solid whatever you know match in the middle of the card, and then we'll have. Danielson versus Jericho that talks to the old school freaks who just want to see a guy grabbing a hold. You know what I mean? And we'll have the women's four way match that will, you know, piss off while also delighting, you know, the Joshi fans and the regular women's wrestling fans and all that. Like the card's going to have everything you need. So I think that the big fireworks in the main event and Mox's match doesn't really need to deliver beyond just Mox doing what he does. As long as he doesn't face Muro. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, as long, yeah, as long as yeah, as long as this isn't like fucking uh, like moose, then like uh, like all right, like all right, cool, we're fine, whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you got the acclaimed in the tag team title match, as I mentioned. So that that gets to those to those the weirdos that I mentioned F- before. F- F- FTR FTR Moto City Machine gets in the same match. There we go. That's that talks to the the. The Bret Hart slash early 2000s indie boom fans. For some reason, there's weird crossover there. Um, I guess that's like me, but you know, whatever. I guess I'm part of all of these groups anyways. Uh, you can see me on Twitter talking to Murder Brian about how Beast Satinum Singh is, right? And Parker <laughs> Boudreaux. So I'm, I'm part of all the groups, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, the, that's the great thing right now with AEW is I feel like a lot of people are kind of saying a similar thing or kind of like teasing it, but they're saying it like in the way where they don't even appreciate it. Just how like dynamic and varied an AEW card is to where you have something for everyone. Too many people are focusing on it being like, oh, I just wish that they weren't doing matches like this. And it's like, yeah, but they're also doing a match that you absolutely love. Like yeah. if one yeah. week they do your match of the year and then the next week they do fucking, you know, Ozzy Open versus Death Triangle, like can you really complain? Yeah, so to me, it's like, if the biggest thing you can say about Tony Khan booking-wise is worst thing is that occasionally he just whiffs on a show-closing angle on Dynamite, like, oh, oh, fine, I guess. Like, if his biggest issues is that he closed an, he closed an episode with Dark Order once, or that he closed an episode with Matt Hardy, or that Kip Sabian got involved in the main event of Dynamite, and you thought it was dumb, like... Okay, but like that feels like pretty small compared to like most of the thing that Tony Khan gets right. And not to say that he's a perfect booker without fault, but if that's the thing that we're going to clown Tony Khan on every couple of months that he ends a show weird, like, I don't know, like, seems like the company is still in a pretty awesome direction. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the only thing is that um, 
people just get on him for the women's division, but it's like I don't I don't want to it's I don't know, it's just I feel that the crowd for AEW just doesn't care. Like it just doesn't like Britt Baker's who they love and that's basically it. Um yeah. so it's it's not gonna satisfy like AEW's not gonna satisfy everybody, but they're gonna satisfy most people, you know? And it satisfies me. Like I'm like I don't I don't know. It's that's that's other than those two things, then he's pretty much been pretty he's done pretty well. He's done pretty well. Yeah. Um I just talk about like how cool the 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 United Empire team just like by happenstance. Number one, their finish that they did in the trios match in the main event was really cool, where it was like a mixture of their moves, their signature. Yeah. Everyone involved signature moves, and then also the elite kind of because they kind of did something like the BTE trigger, mm-hmm. but then also included the the multiple elbow strikes like Hidden Blade plus the Aurora Boreal, and then the fact that they have the titles that they have are red for uh osprey and then blue for aussie open so even the color scheme kind of works um it's just, just like a United empire player. is just like just based off the talent and like it's such a good it's just such a good unit yeah. like this amazing yeah <laughs> like, it's an amazing it's, unit yeah like it's oh um since we're talking more about more about dynamite we mentioned osprey but like aussie open as much as i love them looked a little Rough at this, but at this point, at the same time, the match wasn't about them. So, two sure. points JR clearly fucking hates Aussie Open and should not call any more of their matches. Uh, and he, he was could, relatively good on this show, he absolutely clearly hates Aussie Open. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's Kyle Fletcher because Kyle Fletcher has no body hair and looks like a worm. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what his deal is, but he clearly hates Aussie Open and just kept talking about how great Will Ospreay is. Like openly lobbying for Tony to sign Will Ospreay as if this guy isn't signed, so their partner yeah. was in the fucking G one is like Jr. What are you doing? Like stop that. that <laughs> stop. I was just like, what are you, like we're doing this? Like, like Jr. Was- he signed to your, your part to like their promotions partner. Stop. Yeah. stop. Before this sh- <laughs> before this show, they had an all hands staff meeting where they had to talk about issues in the company. And one of the things that they had to talk about during the meeting was contract tampering. And Jr. goes on air yeah. on commentary Wait, contract and is doing tampering. contract. He's tampering. like pretty much. Like, Man, look this Will Osprey guy. Like I, I gotta ask, what's the deal here? As if he's like, yeah. I he's got like, him. He's like on, he's on here pondering about what Will Osprey's contract situation is. He yeah. was just in the G one finals. Jr. You gotta He's shut like, the fuck I up. I gotta imagine Tony Khan when Osprey's contract came up. Tony Khan would be up to giving him 15, 20% bump in his ray. Like, like he would definitely raise him and limited dates. He'd probably match limited dates if New Japan's got him on that contract. Like, like JR, just, yeah. please. <laughs> you, sir, you cannot be talking this way live on television. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Uh, but uh, besides that, um, for Aussie Open, I feel like they'll look, I feel like they'll look better versus the Elite next week. But Will Ospreay was so good in that six man yeah. tag. It was it was incredible. Um I watched the fight version. Um Yeah, me too. So like so watching so so you watched like his face in peril segment? Yeah. Like, oh it just so good. And then we'll like see and then like seamlessly when they come when they come back from the break, they they switch to the uh to the United Empire control segment and just like 
how easily he switches because he's like bumping and selling his ass off, like showing so much ass when Death Triangle's in control, and then like how quickly that flip that uh, that switch flips when they come when they come back from the break. Like Will Osprey was incredible in that match. I thought that main event was really good. Some people are yeah. whatever the uh, Poison Rana they're staring at each other spot. Uh, Osprey landing on his feet, like okay, fine, it was goofy, whatever. Like the rest of the match, though, I thought was just like super fucking fun, and I thought Osprey was phenomenal in it. When Pac pulled out the uh, the top rope brain buster, I was just like, like Jesus I was like, whoa, hold on, because <laughs> the last time yeah. he did it was against Dragon Kid, and I was just like, holy shit, like uh, Osprey was meant to be in Dragon Gate, and they just yeah. went. It was, oh man, I mean, it was, it was a totally different time when, like, it would have been possible for him to go over there. So I totally get why it just, like, didn't work out, you know? But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm with you. But, I mean, Pac, I mean, I know people know, people listening to this know that maybe I had Pac, like, incredibly crazy high for the 2010s list. But, like, you watch the shit in this match and the performance with, like, you're talking about just how good Osprey is and Pac is right there with him the whole mm-hmm. way through. Like, I mean, Pac is in that conversation, I think, when you're talking about, like, great wrestlers ever. Like, top 100, for sure, I think, has to be at this point. Just on the talent level, because it's like, even if he's, even if he doesn't get the same chances, right? Like, even in AEW, there's been multiple reasons why he hasn't been able to get the same opportunities that some guys have gotten. But just on a match output basis, that whenever Pac is there and available, I I feel like he has to have, like, one of the highest batting averages out of anyone in AEW. Like, I feel like if Darby, I feel like if I had to bet, like Darby is the highest one, right? I feel like Darby is just like, I've never seen a bad Darby match in AEW. But then like, Pac is right there too. Yeah, and I would say even beyond just AEW. I mean, Pac Mm -hmm. has been this good. He was like this in WWE before he came to AEW. I mean, the guy just doesn't miss, you know? Um, What did you think? I oh, think um oh. going back to the beginning of the show, I so am I the only one that thinks that this is just that this is gonna turn into Brian and Jericho happens and for what it's worth, Jericho's had a pretty good year. Honestly. I, I still haven't gone back and seen the Moxley Jericho match. So I'll go I'll go back for that. But it seems like Jericho's had a really good year. And he's in there he's gonna be in there with Brian, and I trust Brian and I get I'll give Jericho enough credit as to where I can see them having a really good, really good match. I think that this Daniel Singh Garcia Jericho thing ends with Garcia just doubling down and staying and staying oh, yeah. with Jericho Appreciation mm-hmm. Society, right? Like this, yep, this, yes. this is definitely how this ends, right? No, yep. it makes absolutely no sense for him to leave. He doesn't fit in with the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club. They don't need another member. Yeah, Even like, when they like yeah. kind of did the Jericho Appreciation Society, adding Sammy, things felt off. Like the groups are kind of set really well the way that they are. Both both groups. So yeah, I yeah, there's no way. It's not the way it goes at all. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel like I kind of overran that, but I did want to to mention like you're talking about that there and one thing about Jericho is that like because it's not an insanely high bar, like it's pretty easy to almost be like this is, might be Jericho's career year. Like we're getting in that territory really where like work-wise, he's really fucking putting it out there like and I'm not saying for sure that it is, but I think that like we're not far off to maybe say that like there's an AEW point year where that's like Jericho's career year, like the best output that he has overall. And it might even be this year, but like, like I said, not like a super high bar for Jericho. He does have some like sneaky good years in there where he had a bunch of matches yeah, with like, but, he, but like and stuff. He's, but he's not like, 
you know, he doesn't have like some like like people. Some of you people talk about like I talk about as an all time great year. That that kind of Jericho year doesn't exist. He has years of being a good wrestler, but not. He doesn't have like an yeah. Okada tw- an Okada twenty seventeen Flair nineteen eighty nine in the annals of wrestling history type of year. <laughs> no, so no. so it is kind of like easy to be like this could be in the conversation of top Jericho performance years, honestly, which is nuts to say at his age and at his quality. Really, I mean. But I'm even, I think I'm higher on him than a lot of people, which is very funny because for a long time, I was not a huge Jericho fan. And then fucking Joseph comes out with this Jericho's overrated video. And then after that, I'm kind of like, actually, Jericho's been pretty good. He's like finally almost living up to the hype that he gets. Almost. <laughs> 30, 30 years later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> taken this long. Um, One thing I did want to talk about with AEW, and I don't, no, if you guys mind, because JML mentioned something about like, you know, legit sports situation, the interim title stuff. Um, You mentioned it with Moxley, obviously, and then Moxley, you know, they unified here and literally on the same show, they create a new interim championship or announce that there's going to be a new interim championship with the women's title. Um, I, for one, like it, but I see a lot of like wrestling fan types, like people who only w- watch wrestling, really, really not liking and not jiving with the interim title thing. And I just think I think this might be a lucky accident for Tony because he's getting to have basically he'll end up like having a, almost a full year of having interim champions. It feels like to really start to acculturate the fan base to the concept. So maybe they can get used to it because it seems like it's not going anywhere. Tony is going to continue to do interim championships because I think he believes in the concept. And one thing that crossed my mind is that like, I think it's a pretty easy sell to wrestling fans to maybe start to wrap their head around it is if you understand something where it's like when a champion would normally get stripped of the title and then someone else wins the championship. And then when they come back, they say, you know, Oh, you never beat me for the title. You're not the real champ. It's just, it's literally just setting up, setting up a return match or setting up a big match when someone comes back. Yeah, It's just, it's just kind of legitimizing and like making like a more like a technical version of that. It's just like, rather than just saying like, Oh, you know, the person cuts a promo and says when they come back, Oh, you never beat me for the title. So you're not the real champion. It's just like having that be more like, it actually entrenched in the rules that like mm-hmm. this person's an interim champion. Like, I feel like that's a good way to like get people to understand that. I mean, everyone here, I think watches MMA or watched MMA to some degree. So kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I just thought about that. I don't know where you guys come down on the interim title. Cause I see a lot of fans who are just against it. But they're just like, they're, they're a tool just like all of this stuff is like, there's, they're just a thing that exists that can help further narrative, that, that can help further narratives is okay. So John Moxley, Becomes interim champ while CM Punk is gone. In this, John Moxley is just having amazing matches every single week. So by the time CM Punk comes back, not only is Moxley on this amazing run, it's a match that we haven't seen in AEW. It's a match that I think did they have a singles match in WWE? And if they I did, don't, I don't they, remember. And if they yeah. did happen, and if they did happen on like a SmackDown or some shit, probably like like right. this is a completely fresh new matchup that. Just be just that just by proxy of Mox being the interim champion is red hot because he's what well, because he's whatever uh CM Punk's placeholder or the champ all CM Punk like whatever you want to say like that 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 just makes the match hotter by by itself. So I don't know why wrestling fans would have it would have an issue with it or why someone like Moxley or Punk would have an issue with it. Um, I don't know. Apparently, Mox didn't like the whole interim interim thing or whatever, but. Uh, no, it's just 
it's just a it's just a marketing and promotion tool at the end of, at the end of the day, and I can see maybe from a worker's perspective why the word interim would bother you, but from a promotion perspective, from a booker perspective, having that available to you to to like make an interim champion is just a great storytelling device and a way to build matches. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, for me, like with you know, we talked about with MMA with them interim titles in boxing, they do this all the time. They do this yeah. all the time with interim champions or stripping guys with titles. Um, but I think with Tony, with this, he has to make a fast and hard rule so that the fans won't won't be corn corn on the cops about it. Is that? Do you like the ring magazine title in boxing? If you don't defend your title in in they well, ring magazine, it's like 18 months for AEW it should be if you don't defend your title in a year and you don't come back, you're stripped of the title. So to me, that that would be the way to yeah. it would be the added booking of uh, added de- uh, tool in the booking device in terms of uh, of interim champion. Let's just say like I don't know if MGF wins the wins the title and gets it gets injured and he can come back. He has a minor injury. Um, there's an interim champion, but he's showing up on Dynamite saying whatever, blah blah blah. I'm the real world champ, but doesn't schedule a match with the interim champion. And the time's ticking, and you could you could do an, another angle with that, saying if you don't defend this title, you'll be stripped of the title. So it just it's just another thing that, that that Tony could do and use um, for it. I, I I have no problem with it at all. Um, it's just I don't know. Maybe I've been I've been raised watching boxing and mixed martial arts. It's just like it's it's normal to me, and I think people are just overthinking it. And it's I don't know. They, the people that don't like this, I I tend to figure that they don't even watch MMA yeah. or boxing. Like they just they think they they're into real sports, but they they're really not. Like it's yeah, they're it's, they're in they're into like team based sports, they're not in like combat sports, which is like yes. mm-hmm. it's like which is like when I hear like say like VOW talk about like oh like because like we we're coming from a sports background, so we understand like people get hurt doing things, which is a fair thing and I think a thing that makes a lot of sense. But at yeah, the same they're time, right they're not, yeah, but but they're not combat sports fans, so then right. it feels like they don't really understand stuff so from a combat sports perspective, which is what wrestling is if we're going to put it in a type of category it is a combat sport and they have weight classes and things like that promotions do and team sports you don't defend your championship Uh so this is like a this is combat sports so they follow combat sport ideas and and rules which again makes sense if you like if you follow combat sports yeah so CM Punk and John Moxley they actually had three singles matches under the WWE umbrella the first one was in FCW. Um, well, the second believe, yeah, one, I can't believe I forgot, forgot the FCW match. I for, like yeah. that was a big deal when it happened. At yes, the time. it was fucking crazy because they were two guys who never really interacted on the indies just because mm-hmm. they didn't really make sense uh, during their time frames. And then they had a match in FCW. The second one, you were correct, was on a SmackDown. The third one, Quentin, I can't believe you forgot. It was on a very special episode of Monday Night Raw. It was the Slammy Awards from oh. 20, 2013. <laughs> and that was a, a very important episode of uh, of Raw because you may remember it was main evented by Natalia versus Tamina Snuka. Very uh, important how, match. Uh, how that could how I could you 
possibly okay. forget. So yeah, yeah they, they did have three singles matches in the past, one of which we should remember because it was from you know FCW when it was fucking crazy and they had like Loki and Brian Danielson and and actually like some good um of uh, like second generation guys at the time where it was like uh I think Wyndham and and uh when before he was spooky when he was actually like a good wrestler. Um and I think I think even I'm trying to think of a lot of different people that were there at that time that were decent, but either way, um, all right. Any more AEW thoughts? Or are we ready to move on to stardom? Oh, well, I guess we didn't, we didn't talk about shoot week. <laughs> I mean, we, we kind of did. I, like the interim thing was meant to play off of Thunder Rosa also becoming interim champion because of, uh, because she can't stop shooting on everyone and then pretending like she's hurt. Cause she's doesn't want to drop the title, I guess is the way the story goes. Uh, we didn't talk about the, what is it? I guess not really much to say about the Sam Andy Kingston thing, honestly. Yeah, I I still think that, the, I mean, the, everything that Eddie says and does here, I mean, that's the thing about Eddie. We talk about it constantly. The guy is so fucking real that, like, everything he does feels like a shoot. So everything that he does here feels like a work. Like, when he says, when he does a tweet and he says, like, Everyone, please stop picking on Sammy Guevara. It's not, you know, his fault. I'm in the wrong. And if this was in the court of law, he would be the victim. But like, I'm but like, sorry, but, but that but sounds like, but like a like, fucking promo. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm imagining Eddie doing this, like mocking Sammy, like, oh, yes, now, exactly. Like, you know, leave. leave that sounds like a promo. Like, he called him a fucking victim. He said he's a victim. He was my victim, is what he said. But it's supposed to be that he's like. I don't know. It's real. Like this is real. Yeah, he, so he's just saying, like, yeah. come he, he, on. He could he, he could have just said, "Stop talking about the Sammy situation," and then and like that just be the tweet. You know, like, yeah, hey, you know, I'll leave him alone. If this was a court of law, I would have, I would have been, I would have, I would be going for to beating, jail for, for, be, for beating his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, yeah, like come on, like that. Like I said, that's the thing about Eddie, man. Like he's so he's such a shoot all the fucking time that like when you think he's working. It feels like he's shooting when he think he's shooting. It feels like he's working. I'm just like, this feels like fucking Eddie cutting a goddamn promo. But I think he actually is just trying to get people to leave Sammy alone. I don't know. Yeah, you know how college football coaches are always recruiting. Um, yeah, yeah. Eddie is always working. He is yeah. always working. So, <laughs> like, just I don't know. He's he's a cardi. Like he's yeah. He's he's old school and he, I I love him. <laughs> he's amazing. Love him. Yeah, oh. I think this. I mean, this whole thing. I could really break this down. And Jay's the guy to get into this because me and Jay, you know, Jay obviously we've had him on here before to talk about conspiracy theory stuff and all this. But start breaking this shit down and you think about it from the beginning. How does this not feel like fucking Eddie trying to pull something? Because you go at it and you go, okay, they say nobody is really interested in working with Sammy Guevara. Sammy's got heat. Coming off of the fucking top team feud. Sammy's got heat, legit heat on the internet, you know, with the Tay Conti thing, breaking up with his ex-fiance, all this stuff. And then Eddie's like, oh, me, boss, me, me. I want to work with him. Let me work with the guy who everyone fucking hates and nobody wants to work with. I want to take care. And then somehow it turns into this. And somehow it turns into a court of Twitter where Sammy is becoming even more fucking hated and people are completely on Eddie's side. It almost feels like Eddie picked it out to do this. This is a fucking political hit job from Eddie. And I love Eddie Kingston. You talked about it. He's fucking carny. Eddie's always working. And don't think that Eddie Kingston is not political. I'm sorry. He's a political dude. Like, I know that we all love him. We think he's great. But all of his beefs and all of his history and all of this shit, this motherfucker is not. He doesn't just like 
you know, wildly dislike people, man. Like this shit is political. That's part of just how Eddie is. He's, you know, you could say he gets in his fifis or whatever, but like motherfucker just is a political beast. And I could see him being like, you know what? Fuck this Guevara guy. He's a fucking, you know, he's basically a WWE superstar still in the company. He probably wants to go back to his buddy Cody Rhodes. Like, let me just dig, let help this guy dig the fucking grave even deeper. Right. I would not be surprised. But again, this is like really getting into conspiracy theory shit. And I don't believe that any of that is true. I'm just saying I could see it being possible. I would agree. <laughs> there we go. I, I would agree. <laughs> but I'm just, we'll just let it play out. Like, like the WWE fans say, let it play out. Yeah, exactly. Um, stardom or what do you think? Yeah, let's do stardom, whatever. Um, it's not like right. we have like a real rigid way to approach stardom here because things are, no. it's a lot going on right now. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you guys want to talk to me about the five-star Grand Prix, feel free, because I haven't watched any of it, and I know you both have. Quentin, if you want to talk with Jay about some standout matches, go ahead. Uh, sure. Um, I guess before we get to the standout match, to a standout matches thing, um, so who do you, I guess, look at it so far? Who do you, like, have looked as, like, the biggest beneficiary of... Uh, of of the tur- of the tournament. I mean, like we can look at points and we can see people that have been like treated really well in the booking. Uh, like someone like Otami has eight has eight points, and that wouldn't shock anybody. But then you see uh, Azumi has eight, Hazuki has ten. Uh, Mirai Marai got Marai got a big win over uh over Mayu on, on the first night. I forgot who else. Julia. She, yeah. So my so so uh oh, and she be and she beat Suzu. Um mm-hmm. and she so Mariah's gotten really big wins during during the course of this. So I guess like just from a booking perspective, like what's been your biggest takeaway from like the tournament so far? Um, I mean Hazuki jumping out to ten points, um, being undefeated, that's pretty pretty big. But I think the the one I th- a lot of people are saying like, oh man, Hazuki's back and all that stuff, and mm. it's gonna it's gonna taper off. The one I'm I'm looking at is Mariah because. A lot of people, like a lot of Western fans, were really like, "All right, let's let's calm down on the mega push." But it's key, it's continuing. She won Cinderella tournament. Now she's now she's doing well in the five star, and and she to to get the win over Mayu in a, in a quality match where Mayu basically wrecked herself, um, mm. trying to get her over, and then have the main event against Julia, and main eventing against Suzu, an outsider, and in a sold out Cork and all. Um, I think it's it's really setting up Mariah as a future top tier star in stardom. Yeah, like let's um, be, let's uh, let's be clear on like the other stuff that was on that Korokin. It's mm-hmm. Izumi versus Tam, Momo versus Starlight Kid, Hazuki versus Natsupoi. Uh, all three of those could have made event to this show. Yeah, all all, th- all, th- all three of those could have made event, and they chose to go with Suzu versus Mariah, which says a lot. And that's a rematch from the new blood match. Like it was like it was given away for free for people to watch. Like it wasn't a match that people had to buy the pay-per-view pay-per-view for. Like it was it was a match you saw before and then they're running it back at Corrigan and it sold out Corrigan. It's just it just shows that the Mariah Putsch is still going. And it really shows that TJP fucked up and they should have done what they could. Maybe it was because of money, they had to let people go, but um, with Mariah, it was that's that's a big miss because mm. Rossi has made her into a, a top star, 
and she's gotten over with the crowd. I mean, it's it, the the clapping just for her coming out. You know, you're in a pan. It's just still in the pandemic, so they can't make noise. It's brilliant. It's brilliant to to have something like that to to connect with the crowd. Um, I don't I don't know what Teacher PW was thinking of, but um, it's been a home run from Rye for even with her debuting in a heel faction and then moving to um the biggest next to the top star in Shuri. Like it's mm, it's pretty you, pretty amazing. I I even think that like I think that her like her she's the best Shuri title match of the title match of the year. I think I'm not sure if anyone else agrees or. Feels that way. I know that she has more, has had more high profile ones versus Julia and Mayu and Tam and things like. Mariah versus Sherry is still my favorite Sherry title match that's happened this year. And um, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, go go ahead. I want to say, I, I, but I don't know. Like she, so it's not like she's just like being put in these spots. Like she's delivering in these spots too. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I from coming from this past stardom. Pay per view. I know people are 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 conflicted and differing about the Shuri and Nanai Takahashi match. I'm a ringer for for Nanai Takahashi. I love her. I'm probably going to be be the high voter when it comes to GWE in terms of voting for her on the ballot. Um, I think she's at least top fifty in all time, in my opinion. But that could that could fluctuate. Um, but with her and Shuri, I think. Um, it, that match was a little bit slower getting off the ground, but by the end, because like, I don't know if you saw them, if you saw that match, we'll, if we'll talk about it later, but I like that match a little, a tiny bit more than Mariah match. I really like the Mariah match too. And I think those two matches, it's ironic that those two matches I like better than the Mayu and, and Julia matches and, and the Tam match too. Um, mm. I didn't think the Tam I- match was, was that great. Yeah, the Tam, the tam-, the tam match was that, a little weird. I would say I might say that her winning the title, if you count it, the okay. Tommy High Shishida match. Um, but I think those two would be neck and neck for me. So, and then the nine match, not it's not quite there. But I think I'm I think I'm more with Jay than maybe other people. I haven't seen anybody's opinion, but I absolutely loved the match. But yeah, I think that. To me, Shuri and, and Utami had really fucking great chemistry, so that match, even if it wasn't their best match, might be my favorite of her title. But again, you're, if you're talking about her title reign defenses, as opposed and not counting winning the title, then Mariah would probably be it. So yeah. The thing about Shuri and Utami is that they have really good chemistry, but I feel like Stardom puts them in bad positions. Like, the sure. match that they've had in the, in the Grand Prix here, I thought was phenomenal. <laughs> I thought it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought was I thought was really good. Uh I know you haven't. I know you haven't seen it, Sam. I know whenever you're like you'll whenever you get uh, get a chance, she'll go some, get through some of this Grand Prix stuff. But Otami and uh, Sherry have a match in the Grand Prix. And I think they go like 14 minutes, 15 minutes, and it's just nonstop. It's like so good. <laughs> it reminds me of when um, it's not up to that level, but Kenny and Okada, the 30 yeah. minute time limit match in the in the G1 yeah where, where I'd like I I personally liked it I thought I liked it better than the Dominion match that was before that because it just cut that hour long Dominion match yeah. I was like it yeah. just cuts off a lot of the bullshit and just gets gets right to it even though there was yeah. a weird point in the match where Kenny was doing doing weird stuff in it but um I just love that match compared to the Dominion the two Dominion matches um so yeah, like just Shuri, Tommy Ratch, I agree with 
with Quentin. It was just you, Tim. You have to watch it. Yeah. To that point, I mean, when you're talking about that, that the the G1 30 minute was at that time was my favorite of their matches. So I'm with mm-hmm. you saying, yeah, that like that was phenomenal. But I don't I don't recall matches after that like where they where it stacked up off the top of my head. I just remember that. So yeah, I think that the time limits time limits can help when you start getting these matches that become overindulgent. As far as I'm concerned. Hmm. Uh, anyway, sorry for interrupting in the the, the, the <laughs> Grand good, Prix combo. Uh, okay. So, would Utami versus Sherry be your number one for the tournament so far, or like like where like where are you at, JML? In terms of like what like what's been your favorite match of the tournament? I have to rewatch it, but I really did like. I just finished. I finished rewatch. I have to rewatch the night two. And I'll probably do that once I get off the call, but um. I rewatched um, night one to prepare for this, and I really do like on rewatch Mirai versus Mayu. Yeah, <laughs> um, I thought that was really really good. I mean, I know you liked Shuri versus Izumi, which was really good. Too. Like all up and down that show was really Kar- Kari and the Nai versus Lady C and Saya. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. And then the main event with uh, with Julia and and Hazuki, like that. It was just. It was no nonsense. The only thing I didn't like was the with the referee Daichi uh, mm. spot with Julia threw threw him down and used him as yeah. playboard. But I'm I'm guessing that's going to be her spot from now on. But other than that, if you cut up that spot, that's a fucking awesome match. Like I up and down that show. That show was really really good. That yes. opening night. Stardom is just like firing at all cylinders right now. Like if I had to get promotion to the year, I'm probably still going AEW. Mm-hmm. Like tournaments like these are just really highlight how deep Stardom's roster has gotten. In like, yeah, you know, it's it's disappointing that Triple H was able to get EO to get EO to stay and everything. As a as a fan, I would have liked to see EO come back to to Stardom, but it's just like, God damn, what an embarrassment of riches that would have been if they had EO because they don't need her, and that would have just been like complete overkill on talent in great wrestling if you look at you look at stuff like the opening night card and then like the and then the Corican it's like imagine imagine just adding Io Shirai to that it's like almost not fair uh I think for me match wise I'm with you on uh the opening night stuff was super was super good I'll give you I'll give you a sleeper that I really liked I really really liked Momo versus Mina I thought yeah yeah. That was real. That was really good, and I haven't seen anyone talk about it. And I know that Momo, uh, with the new with the new uh Tai act, uh, that can, it might take away from her matches a bit for some people, but she's still so good when she just gets to be Momo. And I thought Mina was a real was a really good valiant baby face in in that match. And I get it. On the moment, I'm a Momo stand here. But Momo versus Starlight Kid from Corican was a blast. I love that. I thought that was just super good. So I probably lean towards Momo versus Starlight Kid, but uh I think if I'm going for my second favorite, I'm thinking it's that Utami versus Sherry match. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you were talking about Mina and, and um 
Mina and Momo, I was nodding because uh, they kind of resumed that in the trios title match um, yeah. on the Stardom at Storm show, and they have really good chemistry together. They should. It's yeah. a shame. It's a shame that like the SWA title is kind of stuck on Mayu because they should be feuding over that title. Um, and if the SWA title wasn't like held down, it's like the stupid rules, like for a, like a lower mid card title, like that would have been great for both of them to be feuding, like like something with Momo involving Momo, um, Mecca and um, and Mina, um, and maybe adding Unagi just to just to be fair, or or even Mirai, like. I think they've they've got a bunch of people on the mid card that just um it's if they had another I I, I know they shouldn't add another title but in which they're gonna do with this <laughs> IWGP women's title but um if you had a lower lower mid card title um it would have kind of helped with with these these wrestlers that they have because um you can't pick you can't keep them in the high speed title and you can't pick them in the SWA title. That's the, that's the title with the foreigner. So I, I don't know. Um, but to me, they should be having like a big, good mid card feud feud um, over the summer. They just have really good chemistry together. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a shame that like the white belt, uh, it's, it can main, it can main event sometimes. And then like, it's like, it's almost too prestigious for mm-hmm. this. But like yeah. I would love Momo versus versus Mina for the white belt if they would like and I get why they're not like they like Mina but she but they're not gonna push Mina. But like I would I would I would love to see that. But they they, 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 they really should it's complete over. bullshit. I mean that trios match had a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. So Jay bringing it up is already getting me amped up. Like the interactions and the personalities are great. And one of the big things that stood out to me was exactly what Jay was talking about there. And I guess what I haven't seen yet in the five-star Grand Prix, which I should go check out is that the Momo and Mina shit. I was like, okay, a couple years ago, I thought Mina was a complete fucking joke. And I just thought like, I would like groan at her coming on the fucking screen. And now her and Momo, she seems not out of place interacting with Momo to the point where I'm like, no, 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 she should be taken seriously. And they should be willing to push her to that level. Like, I'm not saying put the fucking white belt on Mina, but I'm saying if you built up a fucking program and a feud strong enough, I think that Mina could easily end up in a situation where she does win the white belt and it doesn't feel out of out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that like. I feel like Tam. I feel like Tam has a better knack for like the big, like big dramatic moments. But in terms of like the back, like the background and like things like that, and like where they are in their careers, it's like okay, Mina's a little older, but it's like she's there's still something there that I, that, I, that I feel like could be that I feel like could be tapped into. And it's like Momo, like in the promo afterwards after Mina wins, Momo is just like ah, uh, like you raggedy old bitch, like something like that. It's like oh whoa, what the <laughs> like damn, so it's like. Uh, when they do, when they do come to, when they do come back and they do the six man, and you see, and you see how, and you see how hard they're going at it, like it's that's that's like a, I don't know, man. It's really good. It's something that's bubbling, and I wish that they would get sing, get get to do more single stuff afterwards or during the course of this. I doubt it'll happen, but this is really, really good. You're gonna, I think you'll love Momo versus Mina when you see it. Okay, yeah, I have to watch that. Uh, what are you what are you predicting? Um, well, let me before you do that. Do you have a performer of the, of the tournament? So far? I I I haven't watched. Like to me, this, I need to watch more shows to yeah to to get a 
to get a grasp because I've kind of I skipped over like two two other shows, and then they're coming out. They're uploading more shows. So, um, and then Corkin's tomorrow. <laughs> like they have another Corkin show hall show tomorrow. So, um, oh god, what's the car for that one? Jeez. Uh, let me pull it up um, yeah, for a second. But uh, the big news for that is. Um, with this whole IWGP Women's Championship that they're going to reveal this new... Um, okay, I see um, got Julia Julia versus Starlight Kid. We got Natsupoi versus Utami. Uh, no, uh, Natsupoi versus Suzu. Natsupoi versus Suzu. Mirai versus Ami, which that'll be really good. And then Utami versus Micah. Okay, um, yeah. Julia, so, Julia versus Starlight Kid. Okay, all right. I can, I can, I can get with that Corkin card. Yeah. So, but the kind of the big news for that one would be that they're going to reveal, because um, they're starting this this tournament for the IWGB Women's Title, and they're, they're doing, like, one side of the brackets in Japan, the other side of the brackets going to be in, in England on the New Japan Royal Quest shows, and they said that they've got a, a un, undeniably fa- big famous um women's wrestling star that's coming over so that be um, pretty huh. still in wwe hold on yeah she is she's yeah on she's... the next big nxt show in a three-way match unifying the um i didn't even i didn't, I didn't even title know she's in the there. nxt uk title yeah i didn't no, even know she like, was actually on tv <laughs> No, no, they just debuted her on NXT, and she got added to a match where um, Satamora and um, I don't even know Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose were going to yep. unify the titles, <laughs> and Priestley is just in it. Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, you I, had a, I had a uh, yeah, Quinn. Um, I'll, I'll let me find the tweet that I had. Like, I literally no, no wait, no, yeah. Mandy Rose and Michael Satamora in the same match. Yes. Yeah, because they're, they're unifying they're the, the titles. They're the two champions. They're the what two the NXT f- women's champions. <laughs> and then that means they're the same thing. You understand that Mako Satamora and Mandy Rose are the same. They're both champions <laughs> in NXT. <laughs> when, yeah, when they announced it, I, I, re- I retweeted because they just showed a picture of it of what the, of the, of the women's triple threat. And I said, this looks like something the wrestling bot account would tweet out. There, yeah, no it looks way, like Tom's customs. There's yeah. no way this is real. <laughs> yeah. No, it's insane. It's oh my like, fucking god. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Okay, so yeah. So safe to say it's not B Priestley. So <laughs> yeah, it's like what it is is it shows a picture of those three and it says like I gotta I have to smoke a blunt with these bitches. That's like that's the <laughs> that's the vibe of that match graphic where it's just like you know it's fucking insane. Okay, so so clearly it's not B. So, Jamma, who who are people who are people speculating or thinking that it would be? Can well, I say before we even get into this that mm-hmm. the, this is the thing that I think, and maybe I don't know what's the deal because I know she just got pulled. But the whole when we talked about it, how Carrie didn't sign or isn't full time stardom, that I feel like this IWGP Women's Title has to be for for Kari. Um. Mm. I think so. Um, and but I could pull. Up, I have the the uh, 
the three matches that they've made already for that Stardom okay. X crossover uh, show. Um, Mayu's not booked in any of the matches. There's so. one match on there that is really out of this world. Sure, so, yeah, you're, you're talking about Sherry and Tom versus Julian. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> that is a, a 100% Tim match. That is right up my alley. That is that is nuts. Um, yeah. My, and Mayu was at Mayu was uh right there with Tanahashi at the press conference. So yes, yes. Ma- Mayu is she's she's in the tournament. She's yeah. she's in it for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah, she's in it. Um but I'm I was just surprised looking at like Natsupoi, Tam, Starlight Kid, Momo, Utami, Julia, and Shiri all booked for this show already. Mm-hmm. Um which only leaves my Mayu. You know, um, so there's okay. Mayu, uh, Toss, uh, Sai Kamatani, mm-hmm. um, Kyrie, Mirai. Well, what's the um, deal with Kyrie? Is she injured? Is she out? Why was she pulled? She, from had, co- the she had COVID. She had COVID. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I still, that's, I'm going to still stick with why, that's her that's title. Like, that's the only reason why that didn't happen. Yeah. I'm not sure if you would have beaten Sai. <laughs> I'm not because Sai, like, Psychometrics had a like oh, long no. reign, but she's also like I don't know. I think the show would have been a really good scout for Psychometrics to get, but either way, like so that could be Kyrie. So I'm thinking what I said. Ma- I said Mayu. I said Psychometrics. Kyrie. Um, Himeka doesn't have doesn't have anything announced. Uh, whoever else are talking about? They have enough. I would say they they, they definitely have enough to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. well, who could be the big star, right? Well, I, it's, probably, it's, probably, it's probably an exaggeration, probably. Well, yeah. I conduct uh, yeah. I conducted a Twitter poll, and, this one, and everyone and said it, Sasha Banks. Uh, yeah, well, well, people said I gave the option of Sasha Banks. Oh, okay. Tony Tony Storm, Britt Baker, and one that I don't think people are. This is my pick. It's going to be Paige. Um, Paige is oh, going yeah, dark. Yeah. Page is so going dark on and Twitter. And it is in England. Yeah, it's going to be in England. And That's she wants interesting. to get back in the ring. That's very, very, yeah. very interesting. That would be a good one. That would be a really, really good one. Honestly, if they can get her in England for her debut match, if it's a surprise or not, like that would be big. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think if... I um, cannot also, imagine what a mat, what a page match looks like in 2022. With dude, like how long? And how I long hate it, to say this, it but it's been insanely oh long, God, and it's... the amount of surgeries that she's had. I, I, I don't want to be a dick, but she's got so many fillers. I don't know if she can wrestle. Uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I just I calls it as I see it. You know, like Jesus I know Christ. that sounds fucked up, but. Like I say the same thing about the rock. The guy's on so many steroids that he definitely can't wrestle. You know what I mean? Like like you're just there's a point where you're just you were meant to be kept behind glass. I just, just for people to marvel at. I just yeah, I just I, I just don't know what a page wrestling match looks like anymore. Like and not like in like <laughs> WWE stunted her stunted her growth as a wrestler very badly. Oh, not but that, she was great. She got stunned. She 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 was I like Paige, but she was good for the time. And I don't know. And, I think Paige and, was a great and, wrestler at a time. I, I know. I feel at the, like for the time, and I feel like yeah. eventually she like succumbed to like 
what the time, what the what the period was at that point that she like women were not taken seriously in WWE, and then by the time things start changing and women are are getting a little bit more time, she's not wrestling anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I just I just really don't know what to, uh what a page what a page match is going to look like, but I'd be I'd be I'd be interested I'd be interested to find out. I'm not I'm not I'm not uh excited about the dialogue that's going to happen. Uh. Because every time a wrestler decides that they want to come back and do the thing that they spent their whole life doing, yeah, people uh turn into the uh, you know I can't believe us, us as fans are condoning this. It's like yeah, they spent their whole life wanting to be a wrestler, like they want right. to come back and wrestle. There's nothing I can do oh, about that. Paige, like, I mean, Paige was born in wrestling. Paige is yeah. third generation wrestler who grew up in the shit from when she was a child. You know, on the camps, not even the good stuff. She yeah, like in the, the fucking, fucking in the fucking like dog day dog yeah, days yeah. of English wrestling of the grimiest mm-hmm. fucking British wrestling. I'm sorry, but you guys can like fucking you know whatever you want to do when it comes to like virtue signaling and and trying to like stand up for like oh Paige's life safety or whatever. But like she was born in the gutter and she like you know everything since then has just been fucking bonus you know my, my, like, my, my, my thing is, my thing is just like i get it i understand you don't want these people to die but it's like these people spent their whole lives as wrestling fans and they wanted to become wrestlers if they have the chance to wrestle again there's nothing that we can do to make them not wrestle <laughs> like, yeah. like that's like that doesn't fall on anyone if edge and christian who are fucking wwe stands going to wrestle going to wrestlemania and shit decide that they both want to come back and wrestle like there's nothing that we can do to discourage them from doing that and the same thing with Paige, who again grew up in the fucking gutters of english wrestling she's gonna come back and wrestle if she wants to wrestle no yeah she's gonna wrestle no matter what you might as well just hope that she wrestles here for fucking um uh, I was gonna say Cyber Agent, but I can't even remember the company that owns Bushi Road. Started. Bushi Road, like you, you should pray that she wrestles for Bushi Road instead of for her fucking dad, you know, in front of seventeen people on 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 a caravan park in the middle of the fucking like the the Butlins to call back to the the chat earlier. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like she could be wrestling in the fucking mud, in the dirt, making no money. She's gonna wrestle no matter what. So be happy that she's gonna be wrestling on a big stage. Yeah, and I just checked like the last. I mean, her obviously the last match was at at six, the tag match where she got injured against Sasha Banks in December okay. 2017. But her last, Christ. but ironically, her last singles match was a match against Sasha. It went 16 minutes on Raw. Um, so yeah, I don't know what that. I think I think that was the match where she like she gave Sasha like this all Japan style German suplex like on top of her head. <laughs> of course, I think that was. I'm gonna have, think... have to go back and look for that match. Yeah, uh, it's not surprising. I mean, there's not a neck bump that Sasha won't take. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, like I'm wondering what does a page match look like in twenty in 2022? Um, what does a page match look like? Like. We know she's a wrestling fan, and now that she actually just gets to go out there and do what she sees people do on the like on these on these Japanese shows, it's like, like how hard is she gonna go? Yeah, yeah but you also remember like how her mom was wrestling up until the end. You know yeah. what I mean? So like she can, she definitely knows both sides. You know, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. then you also see her. I don't even know if it's her brother or if it's fucking. 
her nephew, uh, Ricky Who, Shane Ricky? Page. Ricky uh, Knight Ricky Jr. Jr. Yeah. Ricky Shane Page. Wow. <laughs> Ricky <laughs> Shane Page Jr. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, Ricky Knight. Ricky Knight Jr. is her nephew, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, with the shit that he's doing, like, is she watching that or is she remembering the way that her mom used to work? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be, that would be, an, yeah, that's, that, that's fucked me up. Like, <laughs> if it's Paige, I would be like floored, but I can totally see this happening. I mean, yeah, because she's gone dark. I just checked her Instagram. She's still, she's like deleted every, like all the posts and everything and blacked out her profile picture. So, um, both on Twitter and Instagram. So I think that's, I think that's what's going to be. And also you have the Kyrie connection, like, um, you know, her manage like quote unquote managing Kyrie and Asuka. But there was a picture years ago where Kyrie, when Kyrie and Eo were, Kyrie and Eo and Mayu were in start, like stardom in 2015, 2016, they bumped into Paige in the airport and took a, took a photo together. Um, and then once, they got the Kyrie got to WWE, you know, Paige, like the, you know, she, I think she brought it up and they've kind of been friends ever since. So, um, yeah. So if Kyrie can book Paige and get her going and start him, I wouldn't be surprised. Like that's, that's my pick. That um, would be, yeah, that would, that would be huge too. Like if, you know, like Sasha Banks is probably coming back to WWE, like probably, mm-hmm. but even if, someone like Sasha, who's a legit star won't be leaving. And that could make a huge splash on star demand, AEW, wherever she landed. Uh, like Paige has such a big following. That would be a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And then I just, oh, yeah. it got, it got my mind thinking because right now with Mayu, they're, they're auditioning people to make a movie about her. Like they're going to make a legit theatrical movie about her. And you know, with Paige, they made a movie about her too. Mm. So, you could book yeah. a big, and, big, big match with those two. Yeah, and you know who played uh, Paige in the movie was um, <laughs> Zelina Vega. Yeah, well, she played yeah. AJ Lee. Oh, she did. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. There was a different actress who played uh, who played Paige. It was like an actual actress. Um, yeah, I I don't know why I got that mixed up in my brain. I guess because they like feuded and stuff. Either way. Um, I was looking through this and this is fucking nuts. And and Sasha, even if Sasha showed up for like a one-off during this tournament, like one match, but I guess I don't know if she can. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot going on here. I still am going to go back to what I said. The reason why Kari is not officially signed to stardom is because she signed to Bushi Road overall and she's going to win this championship. It just That's to me what makes the most sense. The IWGP Women's Championship is like the, the, the Kari belt. Um, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. And then have her, you know, touring in America um, on New Japan Strong, showing up on New Japan shows and showing up in stardom, basically just being all over the place as the big, the big champion. I think that that makes the most sense. And then the weird thing will be like going from there, right? Like, what do you do with that title after her? But either way. Like, like just put a perspective, like I think some of us that have been where that were there from, NXT days and think of they still kind of think of Paige of when she was like this kind of like unknown darling it's like she has 6.1 million followers on Instagram and like well over a million I think on Twitter like yeah oh yes 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 like like that would be just in terms of 
like social media interaction and engagement, like that would just be such a crazy thing if you don't even if you don't announce her right and she's just X in his whoever versus X at these UK shows and news are circulating that yeah Soraya, Soraya Knight just like came back in in his wrestling and she's retweeting it and people are seeing it Paige just came back to wrestling that would be like a legit big headlining story well and that does play into something I wanted to mention because I heard people recently talking about celebrities and celebrities in wrestling and, you know, Tyrus and the NWA and all that stuff. And like, you know, Jake Paul, and it matters if the, the, the celebrities get famous and that's the thing. And like, you know, or if the, the celebrities get physical in the matches, that's what really attracts. But like, then they're like saying, Oh, Tyrus doesn't draw. This is like, I think VOW either way. It doesn't matter. Um, It's like Tyrus is a fucking wrestler. So if you're going to say like, Oh, the thing is that the celebrities have to get physical. And like Tyrus gets physical, but he doesn't draw the, the, the real answer is like Jake Paul, you know, Jake Paul gets physical, and he draws, and the reason why is because his fan base is inclined to access this content. And we're talking about Bushi Road. We're talking about you know New Japan Stardom. We're talking about you know RPW streaming services online stuff that you access that way rather than like you know Fox News Tyrus like accessing thing over the air terrestrial radio and terrestrial television. Um, Soraya Knight. Or yeah, I guess I guess actually she's sweet Soraya. Either way, um, she's the real. That's actually her name. That's a confusing thing because her mom used that name. In- yeah, like that's yeah, that, that, yeah. that's actually that's her, her name. real name. Yeah, you know, her, her name is her thing. name is really Soraya. Yeah, but Paige, you know Soraya Knight. Her fans are on Twitch. Her fans, you know, are on Instagram. Her fans are on the internet. Her fans are going to find this stuff and watch it. So that's the the crossover celebrity thing. You talk about you know how many followers she has on Twitch and a Twitch fan base is informed on how to use the internet. So a Twitch fan base is informed on how to use the internet to watch a streaming pay-per-view um, from Bushi road, as opposed to like Tyrus's fan base who knows him from Fox news and they don't know how to watch NWA online. Right. So that's why that doesn't work. It's not about if the celebrities fan base is, you know, or they care about if they get physical and this and that. No, the celebrities only work if you can leverage their fan base and they actually know how to pay attention to your platform. And Paige is a perfect celebrity for this because she's insanely famous on Twitch and all of her fans know how to watch fucking streaming video because they watch her on Twitch. Right? Perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, a one-to-one comparison. So you can get all of her fans to watch her show. They're not all going to pay for it, but they're all going to be interested. They're all going to pay attention. You know, they're all going to see something they're going to see fucking gifts they're going to whatever they're going to be more inclined to check this out so that's a huge get if they could pull that off that's insane yeah i mean if if they get to neil dashwood's all-time grift but um (laughs) what if if it is just emma (laughs) (laughs) i mean she i saw her layla oh (laughs) is layla still is layla still missing did they ever find? I Layla? haven't heard any updates. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> oh, Jane, have they ever found Layla? I don't know. <laughs> but I, I was about to say that I did see Tennille Dashwood tweet out saying "free agent," so that kind of a little worried me because when she originally got released from WWE, um, there was a story saying that 
she was trying to go to stardom, but they couldn't uh, agree on the money. But that was back when, you know, stardom was an independent promotion. Yeah, now, now, they, yeah, now they have the money. Yeah. Um, it could happen, but, you know, I, that'd be, that'd be all time. Yeah. Yeah. So Neil was the same as Paige, was a good wrestler at a point, but I don't think she is anymore. No, it's I've seen her. It's it's just not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Impact is just there's there's some stuff with Impact. It's just it's really really good recently, but um, the women's division is just not yeah. for me. No. Well, I would say okay. So you talk about that, but like there is one thing I would I, that did pop in my head for a second as we're talking about it, like. If this tournament wants to be a serious like women from across the world, I think Jordan Grace should probably be in it, right? Mm-hmm. You um, know, and I think yeah. I think that would be a good addition. I'm not saying she has to be, but I think that if they want to like show a good faith effort, they should probably put Jordan Grace in there, even if she's just you know loses in the first round. I mean, she's technically worked for Bushy Road before, um, with the uh the tofu uh pro wrestling um <laughs> show no i'm yeah, not yeah. dead serious they, yeah, they yeah. Did no a, i know they did a star they did a almost said star and they did a show in cork and it was sold out and her and nyla rose tagged together because nyla rose was made a guest appearance on the show and you know technically she's worked for under bushy road before so it wouldn't be out of the realm yeah which is another good Tyler Rose would be another good person to be in there, but I just think Jordan would be a good, you know, a good faith. Like we're actually trying to, like, show what's out there when it comes to women's wrestling, kind mm-hmm. of thing. But yeah, either way. Um, oh, wait, were you guys still talking about the five star? I'm sorry, I feel like we've uh, gone off on the. I get, the only thing that we have, I guess, is um, if you have to predict the winner, who do you think is winning? Uh, that's a good question. Um. Hmm. Part of me still thinks Starlight Kid's gonna win, but um, interesting. But the more and more the the tournament's going, it's my my prediction's looking weaker and weaker. So um, they really, really like Starlight Kid, though. Like they present her like a star. Like they go out of her way. They go out of their way with her presentation. It feels like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't. That that's not a bad pick. That's not I a mean, bad pick. Um, cause I did, I did a preview show for one nation radio, uh, right before the five star grand prix and I had starlight kid winning, but my second pick would have been Utami, um, mm. after that. So, I mean, listen, Utami and Shuri did really good business, um, at Sumo Hall and at the end of the year, they're going to have another end of the year show. Um, you know, they want, run- you know, you know, they, if they want to make a match their thing, then Utami and Sherry have, sh- have shown that they can, yeah, like do the numbers like domestically and like get the buzz, like you know, uh, from the Western eyes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I, it's weird because you have these two conflicting things with, um, with Rossi, with Rossi Ogawa, who for him he commits to a person. He commits to a new person each year. His book of philosophy is, I'm going to commit to one person each year to make them a superstar or make them a top person each year. Like like last year, it was Shuri. year before that, it was Julia. 
you were for that. Well, technically, technically, it was it was Utami slash Yuri. Then it yeah. was Julia, and then you know, you know, years ago it was Momo, and then before that it was it was Kyrie, and then before that it was Eo, and you know, and on and on and on. You know, even dating back to the Arshion days when he he made Ayako Amada and Marika Ishido. Um, and, you know, for this year, it's kind of been Mirai, which he's trying to make as a breakout star. Um, but you have sort of the Kadani aspect, Bushiroad, it's kind of his overlord. You know, he likes interacting with the, the roster and he likes Tam and he likes Natsupoi. He likes Starlight Kid. And he clearly, he clearly likes Mayu. Like, clearly. Yeah. Like, even if Mayu is viewed as like a veteran on the roster, clearly there's a lot of love for Mayu. Yeah, so it's and I heard stuff before, you know, through the Observer and I've heard through other places that you know, um instead of instead of, you know, Nagi was supposed to be in the Cinderella uh, Final Four, but it was Ixnade and put Natsupoy in, you know, and then Natsupoy thing with the turn um, it's kind of because Natsupoy was in the stage play for Bushiroad you know, so there's a lot of a lot of things going on that you know, Rossi's got to serve his masters. In in a, sorry to use that phrase, but he has to do that in terms of Kadani. And you know, Kadani's kind of throwing his weight around with this, um, this new this new stardom, new Japan show, and then the IWGP uh, women's title, and it's a lot of a lot of Kadani kind of overshadowing it because you know we've heard stories about Kadani. Basically, you know, being pushed out, not being pushed out, but like um, not being involved in New Japan because, you know, like um, bringing back Sakuraba and, and Shibata, he did it all by himself. And yeah, just like going like, what the fuck? You can't do that. Yeah, like, dude, like there's like that was a real thing. You just can't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think with with stardom, he's really it seems like he's more involved than ever in terms of wrestling and he and. I think he wants to make this work and, and, you know, cause he's, um, in the new Japan business thing, he's kind of obsessed with beating WWE and he's talked about how many WrestleManias he's been to and he wants new Japan to kind of conform to the new global standard, which that's a whole nother other issue because he kind of wants, he sees WWE and AEW, what they're doing with, you know, women's cards on the same show as men, but, I think to um, me personally, I think stardom is doing the right thing. They have their own infrastructure and they're making more money. They like, they just came out. He just came out. They made $7 million in seven and a half million dollars in sales. Um, This is something I wanted to talk about. I've been doing like research. I've been trying to do so because I heard, and this is like all out of spite. um, I heard, I think Mike Spears, the open the voice gate people talking about like, oh, there's always this debate about what's the number two company in New Japan. Oh, there's all these every company is number two, but it's actually just Dragon Gate. So I was like trying to do research and go through the numbers and skim through. And since the pandemic, things have been fucked up. And like I was just trying to prove that DDT is a bigger promotion than Dragon Gate. And then I was like halfway through doing all the research. I was like, I don't even fucking know if these numbers are real because it's wrestling and reported numbers can mean whatever. And I, and I don't have merchandise per head. And I'm like, I don't have fucking TV ratings. This is a, a very big project to dig through. Right. And then as soon as I give up, 
I see it posted on the Observer website. Um, Stardom is the number two company in Japan. Stardom has finally overtaken Dragon Gate and is the number two company in Japan for attendance. So, yeah, exactly, JML. You're correct there that Stardom has a great business practice set up and they're continuing to build and they're building to the point where they're surpassing everyone else and they're catching up to Big Brother New Japan and they're becoming the biggest company in Japan. And I think, honestly, New Japan feels like it's going down while Stardom is still building. So, yeah. Again, yeah. sorry for the interruption, but no, yeah. no, because um, that actually that originated with um, there's an account, um, it's PW Analyst. It's like it's almost like the Japanese version of WrestleNomics, um, and they came up with the with with the numbers, and it was I, I just pulled it up, um, you know, Stardom in terms of comparing to 2019 to 2022, they've grown their attendance audience by 207%. Um, where DD, you know, DD, everybody else, all the men's promotions have really um, kind of, you know, declined. And uh, except for Tokyo Joshi Pro, they've kind of grown their audience in a way. It's only been the Joshi promotions during the pandemic that have grown their audiences, but Starm's the one that's, that's done it. And, that's, a, uh, that's a really that's a really interesting thing. To like maybe not tonight, but like that's an interesting thing that I think if I had to like, and I and I can't pinpoint exactly why, but something like Stardom like feels like a whole new company versus like despite all the things that Dragon Gate has tried pushing new guys, stills like yeah okay it's a little weird what's going on here, and then especially DDT just feels like still kind of the same company mm-hmm. in a lot in a lot of ways versus stardom is just like almost like a whole new thing at this point yeah yeah the thing with i mean i don't i don't regularly watch ddt i know you guys guys love ddt but i just feel watching it it feels like cyber agents kind of like cut down on the spending so it's just i mean it's this a lot of the same crew but it just feels like it's everything's like toned down in a way where it's where ddt which is I feel like they were kind of going all out and I mean, pandemic hasn't helped, but um, I just don't feel like they're, they're out there in terms of what cyber agent used to do. Just, you know, the, um, the weekly television show that they used to have, I used to watch that. Um, I just feel like and it, it's affected TJPW too. I feel like cyber agents kind of focus more on Noah, which I, I think that was the wrong move to do. And 100%. they tried to, and they try to put Noah in these big, these big arenas and all this stuff. And they're still still trying to do it, and it's not working. Where it's Stardom, um, they kind of took with Bushi Road and Stardom. They took advantage of, you know, there's these empty arenas. You know, they booked Budokan Hall and they booked Yokama Arena and Sumo Hall for the time being. Now they've kind of scaled down and really drilled down into all right. This is how many people we're going to get. Um, in this in in this prefecture in this area of the country is um like the like the Nagoya show for the Stardom X Stardom show they kind of missed on this because it was in it was in um it was in the Aichi um, gymnasium which um only Dragon Gate and New Japan really really um really run no one else runs it and they I think they drew a thousand less than what what Noah and New Japan does. That's what they did in the in the pandemic. 
it's not like full when full crowds come back it's a lot bigger audience but um with stardom they've kind of hunkered down into all right we go to older war we can, we know we can fill at least one to two thousand people here um if we do sumo hall we can attract three to four thousand people there um they've really just spent their money wisely and made made a bunch coming back with it whereas noah i think it's really been um kind of depressing in a way just working in front of these big arenas because they think that oh it's noah you gotta gotta keep up the prestige but it's hasn't worked out that way i guess if you wanted to do an argument against stardom you could do the argument people make against ddt but like they're really big in tokyo but then they're not like really doing great other places mm-hmm. compared comparatively if you well, want to if you want to do better outside of tokyo but yeah no, I'm saying like something like Oda, like Oda Ward is a, like Oda Ward, Oda Ward, uh, the gymnasium, the one they run all the time. That's a, that's a Tokyo building, everything like that. Yeah. And like they, that's like, so if you want, I don't think that they're not doing well or they're doing bad, but if you wanted to make like the DDT argument, like the DDT versus Dragon Gate argument, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Dragon Gate draws everywhere, DDT draws in Tokyo. And like that still seems like where stardom is doing their best. But again, like it's super promising when this is pretty much just like, <laughs> continued growth continued growth and development over the last two years yeah and like and look go go oh, ahead no i was gonna say it's the, it comes down to the same thing that they always say when you're hot you're hot you know when you're hot you just keep building your hot it doesn't matter if you have one show that doesn't sell out you continue to build so you know that's the thing about stardom is that when it comes to promotions in japan right now stardom's the only one that feels like they're hot yeah, yeah, and it w- it will be interesting to see once they start doing because I know everybody else is kind of eased back into fans cheering again. Um, I know New Japan's going to have fans cheering on the third, on September third. But once start Stardom hasn't really put anything out saying we're going to have cheering, have fans cheering again. But once they once it comes back, I think that's when we'll get to see how which stars are big for them and and whatnot. But and I think they're going to continue to grow. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what it is. Yeah. That's it. I mean, Stardom's hot. They're growing. They're on the upswing. Everyone else is down. They're not as hot. I'm Dragon Gate again. I don't fucking know that that account that you mentioned, uh, Jay. I should probably check out because I like I look at the Dragon Gate numbers and I just I, I'm like I don't know if I fucking buy it all the time. I don't know how legit this stuff is. So I I'd love if there's someone who's auditing and actually like really paying attention to how legit these numbers seem mm-hmm. um, because I'm not paying deep attention. But when I look at the numbers, there's sometimes where I'm just like I don't fucking know. I don't know. The Kobe World numbers seemed insane to me. Like and I get I get whatever. But then when I hear people talk about like oh nobody give nobody in the building gives a fuck about Santo. You know, and I'm just like, okay, well, then how the fuck do you say that this, you know, uh, Ultimo Dragon anniversary show drew these numbers if Dra- no Dra- one in the Dragon building Gate, cares about his opponent? Dragon Gate historically does tamper with the numbers a bit. Yeah. So, so like, you, like, even doing that, they do. But yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, this will always be like a, a very interesting debate and conversation yeah. to me because I don't think there's a wrong approach here. In, ter- in terms of how anyone is thinking of this, and you're thinking of it in their, in their overall lens, or you know who does who does what at their peaks. I don't think there's a real wrong way to attack it business wise, because we're still talking about successful companies. But it's all, like this: 
this debate is just like never gonna end between like who's the real number two in japan right right i just Mm. well i mean it's always but even the number one switches that's the cool thing about japan it's like new japan has really only been the number one for a couple years it feels like a long time for people who are like you know new fans and stuff but even that i mean if you look back and remember the 2010s new japan was fucking in the dirt new japan was in the doldrums new japan was like dog shit nobody watched it no one cared right like so you know i guess maybe the 2010s is is too recent but relatively recently new japan was not the number one company in japan right right. um uh quentin what's up do you want to run down this uh stardom x stardom nagoya midsummer encounter uh we want to I'm not, I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a whole yeah, thing a whole th- whole thing here because we do have to talk about other wrestling. Um yes. we talked we talked we talked about the six man tag and we did talk about um Sherry versus Nanai just a little uh, a little bit. So Hazuki and Kaguma versus Cosmic Angels, uh uh Nutsapoy and Tam. Super good. <laughs> this yeah. is a I thought this was like such a a fun, awesome, awesome match. Uh probably my favorite on on the show um not saying that not saying it was like better than sherry versus the nine or something because i do think sherry versus the nine was good but this is probably my favorite match on the show and sai kamatani versus himeka short notice but they like himeka stepped into this spot really really well uh versus uh sai kamatani who some might say is the best wrestler in the world apparently uh, I, I was gonna say my performance of the night is Saya Kamatani. She was match really of the night. Good. No, she yeah. was really good here. Like I'm not. I'm gonna. Dude, I'll give her all the credit. The, she was good here. The 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 Rana off the top countered into the powerbomb spot. Like the camera worked helped, but her selling and the vibe of the whole situation, it came across like just like this insane fucking brutal spot like oh my god like that was nuts like yeah like i don't uh, know si- there's something about saya again it's it's she's sloppy she's crazy it's out of control it's chaos but that's that shit that really gets you invested because it feels too real mm-hmm. it's, it's a real like i can't imagine like people haven't been making like manami toyota comparisons probably like there's probably been like oh like so like some of that stuff going on beside commentary <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't make those comparisons because I like Saya. I know, but I know, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like Minami Toyota, then you're probably gonna like Saya Saya Kamatani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's been those comparisons been out there that like it's almost like Minami Toyota '92 ish, mm-hmm. um, like how Saya is coming up and, and and working. Like she's gonna be on a lot of rest of the year lists come december i feel um i don't i don't think she is i don't think she's the best wrestler in the world um i'm not sure I'm, i don't think she's one of the best five wrestlers in stardom but like that's not an insult either when i look at the roster though yeah 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 but uh, with with saya i don't know maybe it's just me this felt like the first time um that she was just she was being nasty in the in the match yeah early in the match just with the elbows and everything like she was really grounded and it feels like she's really maybe because of short notice they didn't get to plan out everything so they just had to wrestle and 
just wrestling instincts. I think she's got it knocked locked down. And you know, Hameka is a favorite of mine, and I think um, Hameka should should be white belt or red belt champion in the future. But um, and I hope, and you know, um, the post match, um, there was like there was photos of Julia and Micah crying because the match. They loved that match, and um, hopefully, she gets more opportunities. But with Saya, I I agree to him. That was the probably best performance of the night. Um, just add the Russell because a lot of times she got a lot of times with these white belt matches, she gets into um, thinking she's Will Ospreay or Kobushi, and she's just doing right. these random spots. And sometimes they're sloppy, sometimes they're not. This is this match. It felt like she built she built the match properly, and then busted out the, the crazy shit and it happened to be her laying on ahead a bunch of times. So <laughs> and, and, um, uh, this also just makes me more excited for when like the Kyrie Saikamatani match gets revisited. Is that if you remember if you remember like that that first that attack from the first night, there were just Kyrie in particular just Kyrie looked incredible in that tag first of all, dating back to Tim talking about Kyrie was washed <laughs> back uh, when uh hey. did that podcast. But Kyrie looked, but Kyrie looked amazing in that tag. And if there's one thing about Kyrie, Kyrie can do the spots, but Kyrie will bring that intensity out of somebody. And it looked like Saya brought her a game that it feels like that it feels like she was bringing for Kyrie for Kyrie to uh, to Himeka. And if that's the level that Saya is bringing for Kyrie, whenever that gets rescheduled, that could be an incredible match. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I um I don't know if I said that Kari was washed. I think I just said that her <laughs> debut was weak. I think that they didn't. That I actually was saying more that they should have just pushed her harder. But either way, um, <laughs> it wor- it, wor- it yeah. works better. It works better if I say that you said Kari was washed. Yeah, I said she's just completely washed, and she should hang it up, and she should actually just hand her career over to Paige. Um, no, but uh, but the fi- I even thought the finish was great. I think. I love Saya just being fucking insanely reckless and the way that she sells like, okay, it's one thing to just be like, oh, she's sloppy and reckless and the shit is out of control. But then she also like it sells it in equally reckless, chaotic and insane ways to where it's just like she is just fucking the most the most just like violent, chaotic, fucking like all over the place insane creature i love what saya does man i just i it speaks to me she's going to be on the list james or quentin so just be prepared uh and she's she, might, gonna she, be high. she might she might make mine <laughs> she yeah. probably will make mine she's gonna make stuff. my list and she's gonna be high which is good i like i like when we have those the last the last list that we did with all the crossover i'm not a big fan of that i hate when our lists have a ton of crossover because it's fucking boring i like when our lists are all over the place um Anyway, so I feel like we're already like we already got to the main event. Shuri and I, I think that is like we skipped over a bunch of stuff. Yeah, we are we we already we already kind of did that one. So unless you guys have yeah, more thoughts on sure. that one, then I feel um, like... I thought. Uh, right, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go go ahead, Tim. No, no, no. Jay, you're the guest. <laughs> um, I felt the I felt just to add on to the Shuri and I match. Um, it's really interesting to see Nanai in this this environment of modern stardom compared to the old stardom, where it was just like sometimes our matches were batch insane. But 
um, with her. It was, it was kind of, it got off a little bit slow. And then towards the end, it, it became an Anai. If anybody's seen Anai Takahashi, if you like her or don't like her, it became an Anai match. And just the end where, um, Shiri gives her the headbutt and whatnot. But like the, the spot, I, to me, it was just what made it, made it go like, made me go like fuck yeah was when Anai's getting up and she's all woozy she's smacking herself in the face trying to get up yeah. trying to beat the count and then Shiri just ends her like I, I thought like like damn she's a great pro wrestler <laughs> like so yeah. I, don't, I don't get why people just hate her like it's just to me it's just like uh, it feels really agenda driven that people just hate Anai Takahashi it's like come on like uh, I don't know it just um, it frustrates me so much. So, uh, not even really pertaining to the match, but after uh, Sherry does this, and like I thought, what well, I've seen like Sherry versus like Takumi or Roja and stuff like that. Uh, like I had the urge, I'm like, can we get like Sherry versus Yosh- uh, Yoshiko? Like, can we can we get? Oh, like, yeah. was, it was like, can we like can we get that to happen? We we just saw her on uh on the show um on the um the big stardom show last year. Like, can we, can we get her versus Sherry? Like that would just, if I want to get the best out of Sherry, I feel like, like just get the person that was wrestling Michael back in 2016, just beating the shit out of each other. Hmm. I feel like that would be the person that like brought that out of her. I want to see that. I'm not sure how realistic it is that that can happen. Uh, but Sherry, she's running through challengers and just, just having such an incredible reign in terms of like accomplishments and who she's beating. I feel like you know, bring Yoshiko back. I mean, well, the thing with Yoshiko, she's she's back, but she, it looks like she's had some health problems. Yeah, she lost a ton of weight, so I don't know what her status is in terms of going in the ring. But yeah. that's that's the only thing. Like, if she got if she got better health wise, I'd be all in. I'd be like, yes, bring bring Yoshiko in and and let's do this. Maybe Chihiro, but I know you're not the biggest fan of Chihiro Hashimoto. I I I, just, I think I know Ooh. what a Shiri versus Chihiro match looks like, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not I'm the just... same thing. It's really not. C-Hash and is not at all the same as... You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I know what that match looks like, and I know yeah. Tim will probably like it. I, I would just, love it. Yeah, I just... It's not... Yeah. No, 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 no. Sure, the thing about Shuri... And it's why it's very funny because Tom, Filthy Tom, my big buddy, you know, I love him. I've talked about him enough here in the past, but it's why he loves Shuri. And it's why like him and Shuri are a great tag team or whatever. It's like they're really the same kind of wrestlers, which is they're so legitimate. They're so fucking believable. Everything they do, there's like a certain level of challenger that like is they can just pass off but then there's another kind of challenger that they're really great and actually it's what they're best at is being an underdog but you have to you have to like you must be this tall to enter the ride but once you get to the point where like it's believable that you can dominate them then they can really sell for you that's why it was great when tom and the g1 was in the 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 monster block you know because he was wrestling all the guys that were gigantic like lance archer Cobb, you know um this is not the point. I don't even know why I'm continuing to like stretch and, and reach for this. So Shuri needs opponents and see hash just, even though she is like, can be dominant. She's like kind of 
lovable and nice and affable in a way that just like I don't take her seriously where I don't even think Shuri would have to like let her get dominant with Mm -hmm. with, against her you know what I mean where like exactly what Quentin was saying like someone like uh, uh, Yoshiko you know at her peak I, I haven't seen her recently could instantly show up and be in that realm. Momo, same thing with like Momo and Shuri. We're like, yeah, Shuri can really sell and bu- and Nanai here as well. Like Shuri was very respectful of Nanai from the beginning. And I think that's a big part of why I like this match just as much as Jay. You know, so yeah. But uh Jay, continue. No, I was saying maybe I'm thinking now maybe Haruya Matsumoto. Um I know Mizunami um yeah. I don't, I, someone like that maybe come in face shiri because yeah, yeah she is she, she's she, she's running through people right now yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah which makes me a little worried like are because Sai Sai is running through challengers too even though it's more dramatic makes me wonder are they going to do a title for title match like mm. they, i can see it because yeah. they have they haven't done one um they haven't done one since I'm thinking it was um well for for the white belt white belt and red belt it was EO it was, I think it was EO Mayu but it was um, EO Mayu yeah it was it was EO Mayu but um I, I was thinking um who what was it was like a champions versus champion match. It was Suzuki when she was high speed champion versus uh oh gosh uh, Kagetsu. It was Kagetsu, but it, they didn't. They didn't. I think it was a thirty minute draw. And then there was, so, there, was there, there was another Kagetsu. Was it a Kagetsu versus someone where they were both the cha- and they did a champion versus champion match, but then it also ended in a draw. But yeah. Kikusa, so Kagetsu's had a couple of those. Yeah. So. To me, that and I'm kind of worried that if you go through so many challengers and to make room for this IWGP Women's Championship that they say they're only going to defend on New Japan shows, but I got a feeling otherwise. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you do Shuri versus Sai? Because that would be a legit big match for them. That would be um, a huge match. It's just, yeah, like I felt this way as soon as soon as they did. Julia and Mayu back to, on back-to-back nights. I was like, oh, wait, hold on a second, like, 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 like we're like we're really this is we're going that hard. Okay, all right, that's fine. <laughs> but like, now that you now that like now that Tam is done, uh, now that she didn't deny, it's like, oh, okay, like, I guess you could run back Momo, but it's like, damn, like, what? <laughs> Like, like, I mean, they they've done repeat challengers before. Yeah, of course. I mean, but it's like just, but it's like actual like real like tension and credibility to the challenge too. Like, like th- at this point, night like now you're building someone that to challenge uh, Sherry theoretically, and that's what you know happened with happens with the Grand Prix. Tommy's champion and everything, and you build Sherry up, and now Sherry's credible enough as to where she goes up there, and after and after all this dominance, she can beat Tommy. That's what you use tournaments like this or whatever for to make someone a credible challenger. And I guess it depends on who winds up coming out of this, but basing it off this, like if we're still thinking that like starlight kid hasn't gotten a shot, 
And do I think that Starlink Kid would beat Sherry? Probably not. But it's that, that that's kind of what we're that's kind of what we're getting to at this point in terms of people that like haven't already faced her in a big match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, watching rewatching the Izumi match, um, and how many times she was so close to beating her, and yeah, she's beat her. She's beat her before. Like they they might have to do a transition where, um, you know, this new era of top wrestlers where it's Starlight Kid, Nat support like the. The smaller wrestlers, yeah. Let the let the, the high the high speed girls now get to like actually work main events and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and to me, it's what popped in my head was like Azumi. It's either going to be Azumi or Starlight Kid being Shuri, and it's going to be good. Um, it's just going to be like kind of left field that the smallest wrestler um comes out and beats Big Bad Shuri. Even you know? even Hazuki, like Hazuki, like. Her brain buster is like, like I'm like one of the most like one of the most protected moves in the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even her, but I think that kind of creates an interesting uh, man. We've talked about Sargon for a long time, but um, <laughs> this kind of this kind of creates like an interesting future for the company. Where it's like if Hazuki's really back, and like you have Hazuki, Kaguma, Natsupoi, Azumi, Starlight Kid, and then you have like the big giants, Utami. Mirai, Micah, Himeka, and whoever else might be on the horizon, like that's a really interesting roster of like top talent that they that they would have that like would be like their top stars. Like that's super interesting. Yeah. And then you have like the whole prominence thing with Suzu Suzuki and Risa Sarah. Like they are really high on Suzu Suzuki, yes. even though she hasn't they haven't like um given her wins in the five star Grand Prix, like She's the focus out of prominence, whereas Risa Sarah usually is the star everywhere else. It's Suzu Suzuki who they clearly want. So if down the road she signs with stardom, that's another one that's like going to be up there in terms of who's really young. Like she's, I think she turns 20 next year. Like they have a really ridiculous crop of young talent. it's, It's insane. It's really insane. Where they are, where they are, talent wise, and then it's not even mentioning that, like, oh yeah, Mayu and Julia are also on the roster, and then Tam Nakano probably has a, a few has a few more good years left in her, and <laughs> Momo Watanabe still what twenty three? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, and, and Azuki's what twenty four, twenty five, yeah, and she's it's, 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 well, it's, she's, reti- <laughs> she's retired like three times already. <laughs> yeah, so, and, then, and then like imagine if they got like like. I don't know what to do. Like Harissa, Harissa Hoshiki's disappeared so many times. So it's like imagine if they did actually get her back again too. It's like what? Like just like what are we doing? This is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like yeah, Zuki's twenty four. That's insane. <sighs> she's she's back from her third retirement. Ridiculous. What the? F- what the fuck is? <laughs> yeah, Suzu Suzu Suzuki and the stuff that she's doing with like the the hardcore stuff and the the death deathmatch wrestling like. On top of uh, wrestling is really weird now. I don't. I'm not a big fan, Quentin. I don't know because I think probably you're a Zoomer. I'm not a big fan of like the Zoomer wrestlers because <laughs> a lot of the Zoomer wrestlers are like really good, but also like understand how to be a good regular wrestler while also doing crazy death matches. And I'm not like a big fan of this situation because. 
I like to keep this stuff separate. You know, I I'm I'm just not not into it. I'm kind of losing my mind about what's going on with all this. All and, and of yeah, this. I, I need the Izumi versus Suzu just barbed wire deathmatch. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I need, I need it in my life. <laughs> it's fucking killing me. I'm just not. It's it's incorrect. Um, Jay, before you head out, before we're done with Stardom. We got to talk about the big, the big news between me and you. The big thing between us and Liam. <laughs> Great Ocon, you know what I'm talking about. Great Ocon and Unagi Sayaka, or Saya, whatever it is. Are they? Are they or are they not? It feels like they gotta be. I am loving this couple. Um. <laughs> I f- I feel like uh, this is this is kind of like our booking, our, yeah. our fantasy booking here is that they yes. I think they are a couple. Um, I they and, have to be. Yeah, because they're flirting a lot, a little bit too much. They're going back and forth way too much on Twitter and 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 uh, you know the video they shot earlier this year. I think because um, they had like a bunch of series like like. Um, when Kota Ibushi was in good standing with New Japan, he did a video um, with um, Sai Kamatani. Tam did one with Taichi, and you know Unagi did one with uh, Great Okan. And it, and ever since Okan's been kind of like a national hero, like he's yeah, he's gone on. He, <laughs> he went on a date with uh, Hamaguchi's daughter. Um, he's been showing up being a party animal and a wild man and yeah, yeah. have all these women and stuff. But, you know, you know, uh, but Yanagi is kind of like uh, flirting yeah. back and forth with them. But um, to me, it would be kind of my, my big fantasy booking thing would be um, Okan wins new Japan cup next year. Um, and o- him and Okada face at, uh, at, the, at the Fukuoka dome. And the plot line is, and Quinn, do you remember that Okan used to have the hots for Okada's now wife? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you kind of build off that and him being a kind of like a weeboo, but now he's not. And now he's with the, the graveyard model, the former graveyard model who's kind of, who's Which people have seen really, a lot of. Yeah. We've all seen a lot of Unagi. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it makes sense because you know he's into the strippers and the wild women when he comes to America and Unagi. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not judging anything like that. I'm not gonna. You know, of think course shame not. No, slut, no, any of that. But I think you know, based on her history, she could definitely keep up with the women that he has been uh, interacting with. You know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So to me, and for them to have that. I think it would be it'll be great just to have them like Unagi and Okada's wife there. It would be kind of like a drama filled thing where they're they're sitting at ringside and you know, even you could play it up in the you know, in the press conference, you know, Okada saying you used to like my wife and have to <laughs> yeah. have to fuck you up, basically. You like <laughs> all this stuff and and you know, Okan just being Okan, you know, and and I think it would be you know, it's going to be, you know, because they're really high on Ocon. And I think I'm, that was one thing I was surprised that they didn't book Ocon in a tag match with Unagi on this crossover show. I know. Um, I know. But they're really high on, on Ocon. And I think 
that's a possible matchup down the road for them to do a big match with him versus Okada, you know, having their, their, their partners could be into it. And cause I, I remember if it reminds me of, uh, um, remember the kid Yamamoto, uh, kickboxing fight with, um, Masato, do you guys remember yeah. that? Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Where, where like every five minutes they show Masato's, Masato's yeah. uh, wife, and they would show Kiyamamoto's sisters on ringside. Like you could do that with with Okan and uh, and Okada. Like yeah, Okan, Okada, and you got Okada's wife, and you got Unagi around ringside. Yeah, that's uh that is dream making stuff here with you know me and Jay. This is the stuff we want to see. This is the drama. This is the stories we want to see. And I, again, I just think that Okan and Unagi are the perfect couple. Cause you know, again, like I said, he's, he's definitely into the sleazy life and you know, whatever. Again, this is no shame. I think it's all great, but I think Unagi can, can keep up with the sleazy life that uh, Okan is looking for. I have some breaking news. Um, and it's stardom related. Um, Alpha female, Perfect. she is coming back to stardom. Holy shit! What? No. What? Wh- hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Alpha female is coming back to stardom. And she's going to be part of the IWGP uh, yeah. Women's Championship tournament on October second. Yeah. Was that the big star? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think so. But that's fucking wild. That's great. Because they just tweeted out like 11 minutes ago. Uh, I'm trying to see. Um, yeah, it's Alpha Female and this translation says Arba White. I've never seen this woman before in my life. It's like a video. It's a minute long video. Like Alpha Female starts it off, but it's another woman there. I guess they're facing against each other in in London. So, huh. but, but yeah, Alpha Female. She's back in stardom, so that's uh, <laughs> I I am a big fan of whatever that is. Alba <laughs> White, you said? Yeah, it says Alba White. I'm trying to trying to look her up on but try to look up our cage match. But yeah, Alpha Female Jazzy Gabbert. Um Yeah, she's back in stardom, so um former that's Red Bell champion too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was, you know, talking about talking talking about old stardom earlier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, definitely, you know, good at what she did. You know, maybe not the the best wrestler in the world for like you know everything, but definitely very good at what she was. You know what she was good at. Oh my god, I think I found this. Yeah, there it is. Ar- Arba White. Um. Either way, Jay, I don't know if you have something to plug. I think you should because I don't even know what the fuck you were talking about. You were on like the something H podcast. I don't even know what that is. Jay, like I would listen to it if you were on it, if I knew about it. So oh, plug, uh, plug away. yeah, a couple couple weeks ago, I was on the One Nation Radio podcast. Um, that's with um, Rich Lotta and um, James Boyd. They do a great job. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Other than this podcast, it's one of my favorites. Um, they're they're on the Social Suplex Network with uh the New Japan oh, show, okay. keeping it strong style. So, um, yeah, I did a three hour show to preview in the five star Grand Prix. So, if you want to 
hear more about me talk ramble about stardom i could do it there also uh follow the wrestling observer hall of fame tracker i'm part of the team over there and before you know it um hall of fame season will be here wrestling observer hall of fame season yeah, so. yeah it's coming that's coming up soon yeah so so uh if you want to follow that go to w-h-o-n-h-o-f tracker that's easy enough Again, W-H-O-N-H-O-F tracker. Um, we track all of the public ballot votes for the Wrestling Server Hall of Fame. I just just kind of restarted the the account, um, just asking a bunch of poll questions. We'll, we'll tweet out some more articles um, that we find across the web of certain candidates, but, um, you know, certain, certain, certain poll questions, I'm trying to bring it up now uh let's see if i can do it real quick but i i put out a poll asking if if you were in favor of the 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 15 to 50 rule um if you're in favor of the 35 you know the age 35 um if that should be changed um do you like that more tag teams are being added to the ballot um, go over and check it out. There's the poll. I think the poll ends t- either tomorrow or Sunday. You get your votes in. Um, just conducting some informal polls on Twitter just to see what how people are feeling. Um, I'm looking out right now. Um, uh, there was one question about which the active which of the active performance. Oh, I've been I've been rambling. My mic was off. Uh, uh, oh, was that it? I thought yeah, my headphones were. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought I was like, did, something, did I do something? Like, yeah, 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 like sorry, I, pr- I press I pressed something on my headset and it muted me. So, okay, right, right. Yeah. Um, last thing I any, did was any... I was I voted on the tag teams and I was like, ah, I voted for Steamboat and Youngblood and I didn't see Kawada and Tawei yet. So uh, I was like, fuck, yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? But yeah, go over there, uh, twitter.com slash W-H-O-N-H-O-F tracker. Um, give us a follow so we can um, get the numbers up so we can um, hopefully, and, and if if you know Observer oh. Hall of Fame um, voters and you look on that sheet and you don't see anybody um, that you don't see the person that you know, um, tell, tell them about this account and let us know so we can yeah, yeah. we can add more republic um public ballots i mean it's it's pretty fun when you look at it and track in real time um with the all representatives of hall of fame um it's just a passive project of mine and um let's and it'll be here before you know it so there you go that's all i have this is the most brutal one is it the uh which who has the best half case of these 15 50 percent rule people and I voted for slaughter because you know it's just true. But if I had known the percentages, I would I would have voted for Rocky Johnson because it's fucked up, man. Like Rocky Johnson should not be falling off the ballot. He should be a Hall of Famer, but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either so. way, Jay, thank you. Quentin, um, let's move on. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah Tim, you you maybe got like a good thirty five minutes. <laughs> 
I know, I know. <laughs> well, that's the next thing. We're fucked, man. We've been going too long. And I literally just realized that there's also Peter Pan. You know? I was thinking about West Coast Fuck. Cup <laughs> and Beyond and oh, Peter God. Pan. And this Peter Pan is really good. This is a good Peter Pan, right? Oh, my Jesus you watched Christ. it? Yeah, I watched a lot. I watched a uh, cherry pick the show. Yeah. Yeah. But this was, uh, no, this was a good Peter Pan from top to bottom. You cherry picked. No, no, no. I did. Cher- I did. Uh, I did cherry pick. Um, no. I usually enjoy the YouTube big shows. Yeah. I did cherry pick. Um, I saw the six man tag, uh, the Cody Yameda, uh return six man tag. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. was fucking awesome. I enjoyed I enjoyed the hell out of that. I saw uh Iwano versus my uh versus Masa Takanashi. I saw uh, did you watch Janela and Katsu and Shunma? I did watch I did watch Joey and Shunma. Yes. Okay. Um the, and top the, four. Yeah, so just skip everything. The, okay, go ahead. Okay, let's just Let's try to let's try like let's try to get let's try to get this all at once. Um yeah. Joey and Shuma, it went long. These extreme matches tend to go long, but I didn't sometimes, feel like, yeah. I didn't, but I, didn't yeah. but I didn't feel like this like drag though. I didn't it, no. it didn't feel like a waste of my time. I didn't feel like um they made it, it overstayed as welcome. Like, yeah. They set stuff up, but they made it worthwhile. Like Shunma setting up the table, but then also putting barbed wire board on top of it. That's like you know, again, it's like I'm not just gonna, you know, just do a table. Shuma got, Shuma got really good color. Uh, yeah. There's good Joey, color. Like people don't like people won't want to praise Joey, I guess, but like Joey was really good in this match. I thought. Um, Big fan of Joey ever since Starboy. I've always loved Joey. I don't. I get why people don't like him because he's obnoxious. But I am going to go on record and say this here, Joey. Is my lock of the career. I love Joey. I have always loved Joey. And in a situation like this, he's very good. The guy is a good wrestler. And I don't get hating on Joey Janela ever. Honestly. And then like he's and then like he's in the he's about to be in there with good wrestlers too. So it's not like he's out here like just you know overshadowing shit. Like he's in there with good wrestlers. Yeah. And he knows you know. what he is. He's a fan mm. of wrestling, and he doesn't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He doesn't go out here thinking like I need to be the match of the year guy. No, like he knows who he is, and he's good at what he does. So yeah, I love Joey Janela. I thought I thought you went over versus Takanashi was very was very very good. This is the best this Takanashi rock. I've seen in a yeah. while. Like this yeah. was like kind of what I've been waiting for. I'm like, oh yeah, finally he brought. He brought him back to do things, and I know Takanashi's good. Like I know he is, but like this was fine. This was finally where where it clicked. Um, I'm not sure what it says about Ueno that he's just back, um, back doing this, um, back to the Universal Title. But I am glad that he has it again, and that he has like something that can maintain his focus, uh, and what and, and whatever and whatever else. Uh, yeah, I mean. Ueno was good in here. I like there was some like cockiness from Ueno where he like had some points of control. But yeah, Takanashi looked great. Ueno looked great. This was a match. As I said, this is a, a really good show that we're skipping through. Like even the 
the match before we've gotten into the review was really good. The tag match with uh, June and Saki Akai versus uh, Asuka and Brooks. Either way, um, six man tag after this. It's uh, good. It's good. Um, yeah, this is like the least of the matches that we're talking about right now. My main takeaway, uh, Kanan or Cannon, whatever you want to call him, I Can't, he's yeah. he's he's good. He I, is he, ready. He is a yeah. big star. His yeah, he's yeah, he's he's good. I yeah, am very. I'm very. I'm very interested to see. Uh, that's the that that was another takeaway on this card. Um, the young guys in DDT. It took them. It took a while to like restock and uh and get and get and get new guys. But from Kuroko, uh, Kuroku, uh, Takeshi Masada, Toei Kojima, Yuki Ishida, uh, uh, Kanan, it's they're they're getting they're getting back there again in terms of having that next crop and then in that next class ready. These these guys are really. Really, really good, and I watched. And obviously, this is Takashita's return. But the main thing for me was looking at how Kanan looked, and I thought Kanan looked good here. Yeah. Uh, the Gucci versus Endo. I love this. I well, thought, this okay, was... hold on, real quick. <laughs> Thank you. you so that much was perfect because I was going to that, but um, Takashita, like you said, return, whatever. Like, the real story of this is Kanan, like, yeah, exactly, like you said it, but. Kanan is ready. This is a top level star. This motherfucker, the facials, the work, everything is there. This guy is ready to make that next leap. Moving on. Haguchi <laughs> versus Endo. This was fucking great. I loved yeah. this. I didn't see it live, so I don't know what people's reaction to it live was. I loved the structure of this. Um, I loved the pace. It had a like a notable oh shit transition. This is where things get real spot, where he fucking claw slams Endo off the stop onto the apron. Like I was like oh shit. Like I did not expect that. I did not think that that's where this that's where this was going. The Gucci and Endo have historically had really good chemistry with each other. The Gucci is good with these smaller guys, and this was. This was a really good, this was a really good endo. Endo can be inconsistent, and we've talked about it on this podcast. But I thought he was really good playing the valiant babyface here and doing so much in the way of giving Higuchi credibility. Higuchi's Higuchi won the title facing Yoshimura. You know what I mean? Like, and Yoshimura is great and talented, but he has, doesn't have that type of credibility to his name in in the in DDT yet. Endo does. Endo is one of the top guys and. Endo gave so much to Higuchi, shining him up, making him look like such a threat, and still giving such a valiant babyface performance. I thought this was wonderfully structured in a great like landmark win for Higuchi. I thought he looked excellent here. I thought he looked looked and felt like a champion. Didn't feel out of place being the main event of Peter Pan. This felt this feels like where he should have been all along. Uh, you could talk about the match in a second. And then afterwards, they're setting up Higuchi versus Ta- uh, Takeshita. So there we are, and we're all aboard the Higuchi the Higuchi era. And I think this was like perfect in terms of coming in terms of in terms of like really saying we believe in this guy. This isn't this wasn't just wasn't just because he was available. We know he's ready. We're 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 serious about this. Yeah, this is not a flash in the pan. All aboard the Higuchi train. Um, 
This is perfect. This is phenomenal. Um, the and you talked about Indo there, and you gave credit to Indo there, and this is like, again, this is me, and it's just my taste, and it's my opinion for years and all this. But I was like, when I came out of this match, I was giving more credit to Higuchi, just being like, how did this motherfucker make me actually give a shit about Indo? Because you know, Quentin, for years I've talked about how yeah. it's Indo is my kryptonite. I cannot give a fuck about this guy. But in this match, I was really in there. I was really, I was living and dying on babyface Endo, you know, like you talked about the the fire from underneath. And it felt like it's weird because <laughs> this is the this was the weirdest part about this whole thing. The biggest thing that Endo did was like kind of change his vibe and be more like the burning and cut the hair and be more serious and be more like June and then he's took this time off and he's come back and he looks you know his hair has grown back he looks more like the old Endo and this is the most I've ever cared about him and he's less like the burning Endo who's trying to come back and like be something and and build himself back up no it's like he's more back to just like damnation Endo the same thing I've seen for like a fucking thousand years either way i got into him higuchi higuchi i don't know higuchi is just a once in a generation talent man i don't i don't know how to explain this to people if you don't buy into this guy like the selling the violence the aggression everything that endo does just is legitimate it's real it's i love this fucking guy um you see the stuff that like Eddie Kingston really wants to wrestle Junakiyama and you know he's trying to like live out his his fantasies from being a little kid. I want to see Higuchi versus Kingston. Like that's the that's the dream match yeah. to me. I'm, I'm not like, sure if, I'm not sure if Eddie's super familiar with with Higuchi yet, but if he's not then he should. Like yeah. he would he would he would adore him. Uh do we have any more DDT stuff? Can we get to American Rana? No, let's go. Okay. American Rana. I watched this shit all live. So I don't I like I really have like you know exact reactions. I haven't gone back to anything. Let's do this. Okay. Um Higuchi, again, before we I move just, on, Higuchi, amazing. Love the guy. Fucking greatest wrestler. I love him. Like really. But American Rana, let's go. Okay. Um I cherry picked uh Lufisto versus Trisha Dora. This was Really good. I've been seeing a good Trish match. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen Lefisto in a while. It was nice to see her, and I like it felt like she brought the best out of Trish. It felt like a match that both of these two wanted, and it's wrestled like that. They really, they really went at each other, and I enjoyed this. It was a really good opener. Yeah, Lufisto knows how to put matches together. One of the one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. Lufisto is amazing. She can do everything. She's very good at what she does, and she knows how to work with you know someone who's not at her level someone who's not as experienced she knows how to get out there and do what she needs to do this match just made me more sad that we didn't get that makabe trishadora match that i think we all wanted you know but lufisto uh one of the greatest of all time super underrated i think Uh, you know it's tough because you you know, you see someone like Stephen Graham, who you just want to cringe at all of his takes, and he loves Lufisto, but like she's great, she deserves the praise. Um, so I did not watch the Masha match, and I did not watch Ortiz versus Alec Price. Do you have strong thoughts on did either? Did you watch of these? the Lawless 
uh, Galleon match? No, no, I watched the opener and I watched uh, Eddie versus Slade and Thatcher versus Yuta. Okay. Um, okay. The Fancy Nerds versus the Flirtation match was solid. Um, it's been a while since you've seen. Um... Oh, God. Why can't I think of his name? Flirt, tender Weapon, you know, the Hot Sauce, Tracy. Yes, Williams. Hot Sauce. Yeah, Under a Mask, solid. That was actually a really good match. I would recommend people watch it if they really care about wrestling. If you're not a big, if you're not a big wrestling fan, don't watch it. But if you are a big wrestling fan, check it out. It's fun. Um, Lawless versus Galleon was was actually pretty good for two big dudes, but it didn't really compare to like the history of beyond when it comes to like re- like big guy matches. Becca Slamovich was solid fine. I like I honestly like Becca, I think, more than most people. Um, but that said, this was not a solid Masha match. If you're gonna look for Masha matches, you can watch uh, West Coast Cup. I think we can recommend those. Yeah. Sydney Bacabella versus Swaggle, too long, too much bullshit. It went way it was just too much. Um Waves and Curls and More Curls, which was Waves and Curls and Willow Nightingale versus The Righteous, was actually a really good trios match that was just like solid at what it was. It's not worth taking like a ton of time out to watch. It was like a 20 minute match. But in the show, if you're just watching the show live like I did, it was not a bad match. It was worth what was going on. Everything was like a lot of the people in it are very charismatic. Everything was good. I would I will not talk shit about it. You don't have to go out of your way to watch it. Alec Price was Ortiz was actually solid. Again, not worth going out of your way to watch, but a solid match that I would recommend if you're an Alec Price head like me. You can go out of your way to check this out. I'm like lower on Alec Price now that everyone realizes he's good than before when I was telling everyone he was good. I just I think that he's like he's kind of fallen off, but doesn't matter. Eddie and Slade, you watch this under three minutes. This kicks match of the fucking, fucking ass. night. <laughs> what the fuck? This is just so ridiculous. Eddie kicks in this. Eddie's the greatest. Eddie is yeah. so fucking good. Like to work this, and he works it in entirely in an entirely different way than like everyone has approached Slade. Like everyone just goes right at him, and that's what Eddie does. But like to work this in a sprint in a sprint way in the cell, the way that he does for Slade. And like Slade has the respect for Eddie where he has to sell this shit too. Like he has to. Like you can't just like, you know, do your whole thing here just because you're from Rikers. Like you have to sell for Eddie Kingston. And Eddie just puts on such a phenomenal performance. The woozy legs falling over. Uh just all of it. This is just Yeah. Trustless ever. <laughs> this is like yeah. a pro- this is like a prime example. Of why is Eddie Kingston one of the best wrestlers ever to a lot of people? Like, this is this this would be at yep. the top of the list. Yeah, you've got Moxley proving it in a three minute match. You got Eddie showing it in a three minute match back to back. It feels like it's a competition, but I don't know. Um, either way, you you get it. If you get how you can do a match that's under five minutes, great. You get why this is great. Amazing, Yuta mm. Thatcher. Um. I don't know if it was just getting to see like a real Thatcher match again. Not that he's not doing those in Noah, but just to see like Thatcher, Thatcher shit. Yeah. Like 
I love this. Like, I I love this. Like, borderline top 10 of the year for me. Like, I feel like just seeing Thatcher back and beyond and like back in a a situation where he can bully this, bully bully a dude that's like, you know, much less, much less experienced, not as strong as him and all this stuff. And seeing the way Thatcher works him over. And then when Yuta gets the spots and the way Thatcher sells for him and, uh, even the finish again, like I said, like a classic Thatcher type finish, right? Where like most people, you would see that and you would think it's, think it's, think it's an abrupt finish, but the way they build to it and the way they, uh, in the in the way they get to that point, it feels like you'd have finally found a way to keep this to keep this guy down. And had all these different advantages over him, and they just worked their asses off. I love it. This is a really good Thatcher performance. It continues a really strong year from uh, from from Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, and maybe the action was like strong and just coming off a high of seeing Thatcher, but I really, really love this match. Yeah. This is in your conversation when you're doing the top 100 matches of the year, which some of you, some of you children who have never heard about this, might not know that psychology is dead. We don't only do wrestlers of the year; we also do matches of the year, right? <laughs> um, you may have missed it, you know, but. Match of the year, this will be on the in the conversation. All right, Quentin. And it should be on the conversation because it was great. Quentin, West Coast Cup, night one. Hey, hold on, right. hold on, real quick. Hold on. Uh yeah. I watched one match. I watched Hoodfoot versus Adika. I don't know if you saw that. I got around what to it. What is this? What is this? Hood, hood, on no host barred. Uh Hoodfoot oh, and Sadika okay. had a match. Uh ICW. No, 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 no. Okay, let's do it. Let's go. I don't know if you saw it. I'm just saying Hoodfoot and Sadika had I a match. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fucking insane. And you will love this match. It's just yeah. completely chaotic and just batshit crazy. I thought it, I thought it was super fun. I don't know if you got around to that, but check out Hoodfoot versus Sadika if you have not, Tim. I have not. Um, right. Well, well, well. Now we're doing this. I'm like, I, I watch these GCW shows. Cole Radrick versus oh, uh, Caleb or uh, <laughs> Colby Carino. Cole Radrick versus Colby Carino, GCW Extreme Title. Watch the match. That is a good match. It's GCW. I know they suck. That's a good one. Check that one out. Um, otherwise, um, there was GCW. What is it? Hope to Die. And this show had. Cole and, and Ison is fine. Billy Starks and B-Boy. This is a match that I what? asked that Daniel Makabe. Really, I really asked good. Daniel Makabe to watch this because I liked this match, but I need to I need someone else to talk to me about it. So Quentin, you should watch it and tell me what you think. Okay. Um All right. because it felt like a little bit too in between. You know get what I'm mm. saying? Like it was a little bit like it felt like kind of a sprint, kind of a match. It was like in between in a way that was uh, awkward, but it was good. It was a good match. I liked it. Anyways, check it out. Cole Radrick always watches matches, you know, of course. Anyways, uh, West Coast Cup. What did you watch on night one from West Coast Cup? Do you have any? I watched, uh, I watched Nick Wayne versus Brian Keith. Immensely frustrating match. <laughs> yeah, not good, not great. Not I would um, not recommend that one. Um, 
What was the what was the Masha match? I did I watched the Masha match. Masha and Alpha Zoe, which is a recommend for me. I did watch Masha and Alpha Zoe. Yeah. Um I'm this is the thing. Can I say what I recommend from the first night? Yeah, go ahead. This is my recommend. Um the conglomerate matches. Mm. Starboy and D Rogue. Masha and, and Zoe. And the number one commander in Midas Creed. And we've talked about this when it comes to West Coast Pro is that they don't realize the stars that they have in the conglomerate guys and then you know those guys that they don't push at the top but they the, all of the conglomerate guys lost in the first round and all of them had matches that are worth checking out and that's why I'm just kind of like why why do you not the mightiest commander and mightiest creed match might be the best match of the first round as far as I'm concerned honestly I would say it is the best match of the of the opening round. Those two fucking murdered it. My Midas Creed, which is not my guy. Like I think you're higher on Midas Creed than me, yeah. and I'm more like into Midas Zoe than you. But that match, Commander Midas Creed, was phenomenal. And they, my, West Coast Pro, needs to realize that these guys. We've talked about it before. That th- those guys are the stars that they should be pushing. But whatever. Mm-hmm. I did not uh, see Levi Shapiro versus Alan Angels, but I feel like I watched it and it sucked shit. Really? Not like it, yeah. Okay, yeah. Chris no. Saban Chris Saban versus Titus Alexander is uh the best Michael Shane match of two thousand five or whatever, I guess. I don't know. Like it's okay. It's pretty it's cool. Um a weird weird thing where suddenly Titus Alexander is kinda getting baby faced. Um yeah. yeah. During during the match. Uh Jacob for two and Mike Bailey. Immensely frustrating. It's a good, fun match, but at the same time, this is one of the best baby faces yeah. of all time versus like a big athletic monster. The story and match should write itself, but clearly it did nope. not. No. So so that so that was so that was a tad bit frustrating. Um okay, so really night two was a, is the Titus Alexander show, right? Yeah. Um yeah. This so, was fucked up, right? Because if you have a buy situation, it feels odd to give it to a babyface, even if he wrestles a babyface. Like it was, I think I get what they were doing, but I don't, uh, I don't love it. Um, out of these matches that Titus Alexander had, again, this is a like this was pretty much a weekend set over Titus Alexander as the night as not as the night played out. Um, Titus faced Masha. Nick Wayne and Starboy Charlie. I probably like the Masha match a little bit better than the Starboy Charlie match. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I, well, this wasn't like the, quite the star making thing. Like Tyler Alexander's ready for the big time. He's re- like type of uh, experience for me watching it. Tyler Alexander, I can't say like shit the bed here. No. At, at, no. at, at all though, he did what he he did what he was supposed to do. Please the people that he was gonna please. Uh but out of the three matches, Masha versus Tyler Alexander was my favorite that he had this night. I would say the best match of the night was for me was Titus and Nick Wayne. Mm, okay. Yeah. 
that was to me the best. I think that the drama that built around um, Titus getting busted open, I thought that the way that they played off the history with Titus being a piece of shit post match, um, and yeah, I I just to me that was Nick sold the best like purely for Titus being a fucking asshole, and yeah, so like to me that was the that was the match of the night. But even that was not great for like a Titus weekend, you know. Mm. That's I think I think I I think that's fair. Uh, the Nick Way match, I I think I was still just so annoyed by the Brian Keith Nick Nick Way match that I couldn't that I couldn't really get into the Titus, sure, Titus sure. Alexander one because that Brian Keith one annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, sure. yeah. Um, I can't I, blame I, you. Yeah, but I can but I but I can see that. But um, I think that like the purest heel versus babyface performance that we got from the weekend was was this match because like you know Nick Wayne is is honestly a pretty solid babyface and and the crowd was a hundred percent behind him and they hated Titus and there was no even when Titus got his his eyebrow busted up and he was bleeding, the crowd never got behind him. The, the crowd was never into Titus, you know? So I thought that that helped. I keep forgetting that allegedly Nick Wayne is signed to AEW. Yeah, like, he's got like a phantom contract. Yeah, like I don't... like. Is yeah. he like... Is this like, in, like an industry plant thing? Where like... Yeah, of course. Like this... Like not in like saying like that he like... Like when someone is signed but they don't actually say they're signed... And like it's like, oh wow, look at this. Where did this person come from? Like, like he's like we see him, and it says he's signed, but it's like I guess he, he is 17, but still, like, what's going on yeah. here? Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh um the final match, this was the fucked up thing, was the final match of the tournament, Titus versus Starboy Charlie, and it's not even close to their best match with each other. It didn't. It, I felt like it was solid for the build, but it really did not hit the next level for me. It really, really felt like these guys had the chance to to make something special, and they just did not get there. Mm. Um, one thing, and I, I, I text obviously messaged this to uh to Dan Makabe is that these motherfuckers worked all these matches in the same gear, and Dan was always a big fan of having different gear, you know, throughout the tournament. Which I just thought was like, you know, whatever it is, what it is. But it just to me, I like, I like that. I'm a big fan of that, where you have the different gear for the different matches to really, like, show the progression and build on the story and all that stuff. And and they didn't do that here, and that's fine. But again, these guys have had more drama. The last man standing match between these two, I posted this in the the Slack group. Um. That I don't even like last man standing matches, but the last man standing between Starboy and Titus, I thought had a lot more drama and a lot more violence than this. And I just, you know, this, this, you guys need to fucking realize how to build and make this stuff feel more dramatic. And I just did not see it here. So I don't know. Maybe they'll get there. Maybe they're still kids. They obviously are still kids, but I just, I was not getting the drama. I did not get the build. And this, this, this rivalry, this feud between these two feels like it needs to keep building and I just, I'm not seeing the build. I'm not seeing it get more intense. And, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Uh, 
I don't got much to add there. So <laughs> I feel like yeah. we did as good yeah. as we could running through running running through all of that. So any more you want to add? No, no, no. Um I guess I guess that's it. Unless all right, Jaylet, night one. Oh, fucking <laughs> uh rpw anniversary show night one i would have i would i would have watched some of it if if i could find it but it's not up yet popped up sooner it just came up oh it just came up really yeah a little earlier today okay i'll have to look look for that either way quentin um is there anything else we got to talk about before we head off uh i have a uh I got a guest. I don't know if it's next episode, but I got a special guest lined up for the uh, All Out episode. I'll tell you off air. All right, cool. Nice, uh, nice, nice little tease for the audience here. But um, you can follow me on Twitter at QC underscore Moody. You can follow Tim at Bone Dog's Wife, and you can follow the podcast network at WDKWPN. And if you're feeling as uh, as so kind, you could donate to us on Coffee to support sam's uh battle arts coffee mug fund he's uh getting really really into coffee mugs and if you donate even just a little bit you could fund his futon coffee mug so donate to coffee if you're feeling as generous too thank you all for listening i'll be here next time feeling like forever was a long time ago balancing highs and lows get your blindfold only god knows i done seen some better days before don't forget the better days we've been friends since 10 back then we told people we cousins kin the buses from my school couldn't come to where i live so my mama used to drop me at your crib like 4 maybe 5 a.m I ain't get no good sleep till I was 27 I used to wear my big bro clothes you Used to let me borrow some of your clothes I thought that I looked funny in them It's only you and George George Doyle Your parents used to treat me like they third son I'm the first one bucking on any person Trying to make you feel hurt or something You my brother, I'd murder something for you Throw that dirty gun into the Chattahoochee You Louie, I be Gucci We was Webby and Boosie with the low fade Brush my hair for days, still ain't have no ways Now we talking through a window while you in the cage I'ma come get you when you figure out your date I was in and out the States. You was rapping on the rage, had Atlanta going crazy I was packing out the stage in different places You hit me, said Cassandra had your baby The day that Kobe died, I'm at the Grammys in LA Pray Allah can show you grace And the law stay out the way But when you caught that other case, I ain't know what your ass was thinking My mama said to say you ain't too old to get a spanking Still one of her children, but she feel like you need to be thankful You still here I have seen some better days before yeah. Feeling like forever was a long time ago Balancing highs and the lows Get your blindfold, only God I done seen some better days before Feeling like forever was a long time ago Balancing highs and the lows Get your blindfold, only God knows Yeah.
check to make it to forever Took a very long time, I took every wrong turn Packing long lines just for rapping long words Fuck a network, I made a million off of merch Pay the bills first and then invest the guest verses Regret shit, the lessons, the blessings, the journey Agitate the white guilt, explain the black burden The stresses, the entrance, the exit, the purpose Praying that we see some better days between worse ones Nothing's ever perfect, but I made it so my moms ain't working Off American instrumentals and it's no coincidence When I was little, I was very sensitive Never was talkative, nigga don't even try and tickle them Me and my brothers insisting them slept in the same room Suffer the same affliction, see the reflection Of a nigga that never liked attention Or need acceptance from strangers coming in mentions I got protection, Papa had the right prediction Said I was destined to be whatever I envisioned I manifested, blessing that I made it out the club of 27 The weapon was formed against me, I formed against the weapon Try to stretch him, but niggas sprinting If we don't catch him, then God to get him then We ain't got getting the karma of being killer men but you did in our better days, not miss my friend. Uh, oh, shit.